da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Well, fellas, we've been counting down the days, and so have our listeners. In fact, 20 seconds ago, we got a message on Twitter from Jonathan Brookshire says, constantly checking Mad About Movies feed to see if the Batman vs. Superman episode is up yet. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, I'm excited. The day is here, and... um, I don't know if Dawn of Justice is the correct word to describe our podcast right now because <laughs> um, oh, we got a lot of messages prior to this movie. Uh, oh my gosh. A lot of messages prior to the movie and a lot after the movie, too. Um, it's funny to see people's opinions change so fast on our show. <laughs> but I mean, I'm really excited to get into yeah. some listener comments and questions from uh, about the movie. And as well as our thoughts as well. But we do have a special guest on the show and a long time coming guest on the show. Um, mm-hmm. It's Richard, been a long time. Richard, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, we're going to introduce a friend of ours, a friend of the program, um, a gentleman, a scholar, uh, probably one of the most passionate um, film fans I know, and who is someone who also works in the industry um, out in, in Los Angeles, I think is how you say it, right, Kent? <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Um, but uh, a friend of mine for a, a long time in front of yours, Ken, and Brian, a, a decided enemy of yours. Yeah. <laughs> but my, uh, my arch nemesis, I think. Yeah. We wanted to have this gentleman on because, A, he's very fun and very knowledgeable, and we've wanted to have him on for a long time. But he is, A, the biggest Batman fan on the planet. He's, I'm looking at him. He's wearing a Batman <laughs> hat as we're sitting here. Um, he, how much Batman memorabilia do you have? A lot. Okay. I have a pretty decent amount. Um, yeah. yeah. And so, anyway, uh, we're going to introduce Shane Byerly to the show. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I, did I say that right? Woo. Shane? It's pronounced Shane? That okay. is correct, yes. Okay, cool. Um, Shane Byerly's on the show. We're excited. Uh, for any of you that follow us on our various forums on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, he may be a familiar name to you. Uh, but, we, you know, look, we, we've gotten some flack um, for months about our negative attitude towards this film. <laughs> and I don't think that's going to change. Um, but... Shane is very high on on uh, Batman in general, and I think like this movie. So, look, a little heterodoxy amongst friends is nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and we're, we're excited to have Shane on to be kind of a a, a point counterpoint. Uh, <laughs> a, he's the Tucker Carlson or Paul Begala on Crossfire, <laughs> and we're really excited. It's great to be here, guys. The, the rumors are true that there was a little bit of nepotism that got me on the show, but yes. I come as a fan. I've listened to every episode, and I can't wait for the new episodes every week. So I'm, I'm really uh, excited to be here. It's good to have you, and I like to call you a Snyder sympathizer. Is that accurate? Or... <laughs> Apologist. Apologist. There you go. Shane's well, going to move with the rest of the Snyder fans to Argentina after this <laughs> Well, let's get right into it. Um, a lot of expectations, and I will admit, first, right off the top, when it came right down to it, when I was sitting in the theater and the lights went down, I will admit, I was excited for this movie. I had high hopes. Honestly, I... Even with the negative reviews uh, surrounding the film, uh, I had high hopes. Uh, those were quickly squashed. But I, I do want to say <laughs> the, that you know I was excited. I, I wanted this to be good. I, I wanted to like this movie a lot. Um, there were elements of it that could have been better, <laughs> and you know, with the right people, there were maybe some ideas uh, that, and Shane will attest to this, that uh, maybe in future films can be fleshed out more and, and lead to something. But mm-hmm. um, man, what a what a letdown 
from Snyder. I just want to say because I, you guys know, I, I've pumped him up more than anybody and any of you guys have on the show. I've defended him numerous times. Very true. Def- Very true. And, yeah. you know, I can point out good, if not great things about a lot of his movies. Um, I wish I could say that. I, hey man, Zach, you let me down. I, I wanted to come out here and be, you know what, guys? Zack Snyder's not all bad. And just he's turned from he's turned from what he became into. I mean, he's, he's got straight into the studio system, if that makes any, any mm-hmm. sense. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, this is a big budget movie, but he brought a little bit of indie movie flair to a lot of his big budget stuff. And, uh, you know, a lot of art direction that you wouldn't see in normal blockbusters and a lot of directorial compromises that you wouldn't see in normal blockbusters. But it just um, it seems when you are trying to set up a franchise and set up a universe, uh, a lot of that gets uh, goes out of the way for um, telling a story or trying to set up character development. So, uh, Man, disappointment, but I got a lot to get into. I want to get everyone's general thoughts off the top, but I think we should start with Shane. How about that? Yeah. Shane, I know, Shane, I'm going to prompt you here because you yeah. and I had a brief discussion before the pod. I think you can speak to a lot of what what Ken's talking about here because I think you made a valid point. And some of that goes on Snyder, but I think you had sort of general construct of what this movie had to do from a studio perspective is sort of flawed from the beginning, right? Like, yeah, go ahead absolutely. And elaborate further. I think, I mean, I, I really enjoyed this film, but I do think that the, the, the most valid criticism against it is it's absolutely overstuffed. Um, and I think it, it feels like to me what they were trying to do was essentially what Marvel did from Iron Man to the end of Captain America, the first one, and set it up for the Avengers where they had five films to do it. It feels like they were trying to do this in one film, and it obviously just doesn't work as well when you have you know one film to squeeze in at least two or three films worth of material to get it set up. Absolutely. So I think that falls on the feet. I think if we're going to throw stones here, I think, you know, look, Snyder's not the favorite on this podcast, but a lot of that's just on WB. Right. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, just sort of or, you know, not them as a as a conglomerate, but just certain people in leadership that maybe got a little antsy that, you know, the, the best thing you can you can say about the Marvel Disney thing is that they were they could afford to be patient. And there was sort of a plan. And that goes to Feige. But, um, you know, when you're trying to catch up. It's hard to do that. I think they tried to catch up with one movie as opposed to maybe four, and that's 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 too bad. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's t- I think ahead. a glaring difference is Marvel kind of came out. With, I, know, I know that the Avengers was in the back of their mind the whole time. They kind of came right. out with Iron Man and kind of tested the waters, and people liked it, you know. Right. And then they kind of, hey, maybe we could do a Hulk, you know. Maybe we can do a Thor. Let's just kind of see if how the fans are reacting and kind of right. build this organically instead of deciding on the fact we're doing justice league and right. before you've set any of it up to be 75 percent mm-hmm. of the way down with principal photography on the uh on the justice league you know what i mean it it, it they didn't play it by ear enough and hey let's see who the fan what characters the fans react to the most and let's build around those and you know uh it seems the opposite of organic what they're doing uh, at warner brothers it seems very forced i don't know uh how you yeah, feel I mean, it's, it's, it. it's, you know, look, when you're down in a basketball game, when, when someone else gets off to a, a 30 to nothing run on you, um, you know, you, you start you launching shoot, threes. Yeah, you got to shoot threes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, I think, I think that's kind of what they did. I think they got a little panicked that they kind of, you know, they have these, 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 um, 
the rights to these characters, a, a variety of different characters that honestly probably have a lot more footing than something like Thor did 10 years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. I think Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, honestly, I mean, I'm not the best, I'm not the most comic book savvy person, but I think I knew Aquaman was more than Thor. Yeah. And, you, you you know, you're looking at these properties that you have in your pocket and you're thinking, wow, okay, Marvel's making money off freaking Ant-Man. How, how are we, you know, we gotta, we gotta yeah. catch up quickly. And, you know, instead of sort of, like you said, why not do a, and these movies are coming and, and we'll talk about those movies later on and they're them in a vacuum and what's wrong with them later. But just, you know, assume you can make a good Aquaman movie. Why not do that one first and then do Batman versus Superman after you've established sort of a, a, a universe in which that Batman and Superman would fight instead of trying to found your universe with them fighting? Yeah, eh. I don't know, Shane, if you can speak more to this, but I think the original plan was for this to be Man of Steel 2 and for it to to have more maybe cameo or a smaller role for Batman and kind of introduce Batman into this world. But that quickly became a a perversion into what it is now and switched around and a ton of different writers and people got involved. But what do you know about the origin of this movie, I guess? I that's yeah, almost exactly what you just said. From what I understand from reading interviews and stuff, it was just going to be a man of two a man of steel two sequel, essentially. And then I think that Zack Snyder said he knew that he wanted to work Batman in. Um, but as as it kind of turns out, when you insert Batman into a project, he kind of has a tendency to hijack it since he's so cool and he's so popular. Right, right. And I think it just kind of naturally morphed into that. And then I and I think they kind of thought, well, if you're putting in Batman, let's you know, let's build up to a Justice League. Um, so it, it kind of just spiraled off of a man. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, it spiraled off a Man of Steel sequel into this. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, the thing that interests me is that I think. Batman v Superman is one movie and Dawn of Justice is another movie. That's, you know, it's like, <laughs> right. you, could, you know, just split that into two movies essentially instead of meshing them into one. So That's question, a, what yeah. were you, for just a little context, Shane, what were your thoughts on Man of Steel? I really liked Man okay. of Steel. I, you know, I, I, I don't like, I, I mean, I think that some of the, some of the, like the father son elements that are introduced are really great. And I mm-hmm. think it kind of made, it made Superman relevant, I think, for today's day and age. I, I don't know. I, I, I know that uh, Brian, you just recently rewatched all those uh, all those yeah. DC movies, but my taste personally, I find those Christopher Reeves movies almost insufferable because they're so I, like, yeah. "Hello, citizen, I'm here to yes. save the day," and it's just yes. I can't stand it. So it made <laughs> Superman kind of relevant, you know. There's and a lot to like about Man of Steel, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's weird because the stuff that has the highest degree of difficulty is the stuff that works the best. Like, I think the space stuff is really cool with Russell Crowe. I yeah. love that mm-hmm. kind of intro. And, and then the, the early kind of Kansas stuff is cool. And then like the stuff that should be kind of easy with him and Zod, like battling in Metropolis, that's the stuff that's just like, I feel like Lois and Clark did better. Right. And yes. so, and so it's like, it just goes into this hyper violent, like a shaky cam loud noises thing. And it's like, you almost like man of steel is it's not 20% a good movie. It's 70% a good movie. And then the 30% that's bad is aggressive in my, this is hundred percent. My opinion yep. is just so aggressive that it kind of makes you forget the, the part of that yeah. movie you actually enjoyed. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Totally agree. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really have any issues with the destruction in man of steel. I didn't, I, I, I kind of thought that criticism was, that surprised well, me a little bit. I don't have any issues with it ethically. Like I'm not, it'll get some movie. I'm not one of these people that is offended by it. It's right. just annoying. Right. Like to want to I, me, yeah. Like to me, it's a lose lose. It's a lose lose yeah. for Snyder because 
you don't want people to say, man, Superman and Zod were fighting and only two buildings fell down, you know, or something like that. Right. Like you would th- mm-hmm. think it w- he would want to make it as realistic as possible and, sure. and, and kind of find that medium between overstuffed and not enough. I don't know. That's, yeah, that's a tough. My criticism Even of the that Avengers is... get that cr- criticism and that's right. it's right. half of what is in Man of Steel. So and it just to me, it plays up on the stakes of the thing. I mean, you know, if you remember in Man of Steel, it's like right. he's got the the ship on Metropolis and then the world engine on the exact opposite side of the globe. And it's like they're literally trying to destroy the planet. Yeah. So even if everyone in Metropolis dies, it's still better than everyone on the planet. Right. Right. Like my, my issue with that, those type of scenes is, like I said, it's not I don't I mean, look, these are fake people. If they die in the movie, that's OK. I'm, I'm cool with the stakes. It's just I'm tired of watching buildings crumble. 800 times oh, the same shot of them just yes like yeah. that just to me it's just like it's an assault on the senses not my heartstrings yeah, absolutely that yeah i agree with that 100 percent. yeah i've seen some reviews out there that say you know what batman v superman was better than man of steel so it gets a recommend i no. i don't think this is no. better than man of steel at all no <laughs> and no. man I, I i think i agree with you richard um up until general zod comes to earth and man of steel it's a pretty decent movie up until they get that, like all the TVs go black and that weird message yeah. comes across and then it just goes into cheese territory and mm. uh, then the fighting happens. But I think the setup was very well done in Man of Steel. Uh, it's very cinematic. They don't really uh, go crazy. I think the casting of Jor-El was maybe the best decision they've had post Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan uh, with Russell Crowe. Yeah, he's and so awesome. He, was, he just fits so well as jor It was yeah. It was crazy, um, and that was and you know, Cosner well was good too. Yeah, yeah, Cosner's are great. But a lot of the <laughs> two stuff Superman's two Robin Hood dads. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I felt some very contradictory feelings toward Man of Steel, and some of the stuff that they, how they established Superman and Man of Steel. I think he contradicts very himself big time in this <laughs> movie. It's just he's just a betrayal of the character that was set up in Man of Steel. And we'll get into that later. But Brian, we haven't heard much from you. Uh, what are your just <laughs> what What are you feeling right now? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm similar to you, Kent. I sat down, and I know we've taken a lot of flack for people saying that, uh, you know, we didn't really want this to be good. I really, really did. I really wanted. I love Batman. Batman's probably top three, top five character uh, in movies of all time for me. I love, I love Batman. So it's, it's J. Daniel Atlas. Right. And then Batman. All the then... four horsemen, then Batman. Okay. Is, okay, cool. Uh, I got it. How I would rank it. Uh, followed. Just just by the, the cup. Just barely missed my top five. Um, okay. No, like, I really do like Batman, and I, I, I really want Superman to be good in a movie. I, I don't feel like we've ever quite gotten it right. I'm with you, Shane. Those The uh, Reeves Superman movies have not aged well. They're not easy to watch. And then Brandon Routh was just bad. Just a bad Superman is what it comes It just didn't fit. Um, oh, yeah. I would love for Superman to be good on film, and I know that Batman absolutely can and I and I really was rooting for it to be good, and I don't think it really hit me how much I did want that until I sat down in the movie, and you know the credits started to roll, and I really had this this rush of like, what if I'm totally wrong? What if this is really an enjoyable film, and it's something that sets up a universe and and all of that stuff? And then for the next thirty minutes, I just had Zack Snyder punching me in the face, and I just I, I'm just. I think I'm more angry. I think I dislike it more now than I did even walking out of the theater. Like having an hour to think about it or a day or whatever has made it uh, almost insufferable to me to the point of like I'm, I might I, – I want to give this 
an F at the end of the pod. Like, I'm that angry about it. It's just, it's such a mess to me. And I'm, I, I don't think it had to be. I think that's probably the, the most frustrating part right. is, you know, you can sit down. We watch a movie like Fantastic Four, and Fantastic Four is awful, and it's a horrible train wreck behind the scenes, and we expected it to be bad, and then we, you know, we panned it, and I didn't think about it again until I wrote my worst of the year list, and I'll probably never think about it again. But Batman, it's a different story. Like, you should not – it should be more difficult to make Batman – and Superman, it should be more difficult to make this movie bad than to make it good. Does that make sense? Like, it, yeah. it doesn't seem like it should be this difficult to make a decent, at least just, like, a B movie with, with these guys going out. Like, it shouldn't be that hard. And I don't know. It really it frustrated me a lot. And I think I, I was kind of anti the concept in general, uh, as we talked about it moving up to the movie, just the, the whole idea of Batman versus Superman just didn't really appeal to me because my whole issue with Superman in movies, and it's different in the comics, but in the movies, he's there's no stakes with him because he's unbeatable. There's only one thing you can do to beat him, and that's get a hold of Kryptonite. So it's not interesting to me um, as it can be in the comics. And I talked to a couple of my comic-y friends and kind of got some scoop on history of Batman v Superman in the comics and the various ways that you can defeat Superman. And by the time I got to the movie, I was like, okay, like I, I'm, I've kind of come around on the idea of the general basis of what this movie is about, is these you know, two great superheroes fighting against each other. And so I, I, I finished the movie, and I think, man, there's, a way, there's ways that you could have done this to make it a really solid film, if not a, if not a great film, if not one of the you know, Dark Knight, Avengers, whatever, your favorite, best superhero yeah. movies of all time like it could it could be that it really could and it is to me it's just so so far from that yeah i hate the defense of well it's just not it's not a f- movie for critics yeah that's acting like that you can't yeah. make a good superhero movie yes. and there's this is not true there, well, it, there are movies that the fans it, like and that the critics like there yes there are lots there's of two them. parts to it is one one uh, we have like Star Wars. Star Wars is whatever, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Force Awakens, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, and fans loved it. Like, it's not the, the, the DC fanboys are acting like it's impossible. It's just impossible to make a movie that the fans like and the critics like to. Like, it's just not, it's not possible. They can't do it. And that, that's bull. And number two, like, we're kind of out of the age of the Leonard Maltin, uh, Roger Ebert sort of uh review i mean there's certainly some old old guard critics that are still very popular and have sway and whatnot but we're to the point where the critic industry is dominated by i mean i'm 33 most of the the major critics are within 15 years of my age so my point is all of these Look, people we have, we have a top of these we have a top movie podcast. I mean, no, we never humble brag like this, but we right. you know, we have people listen to our show. Yes, and I'm sitting here with a guy who has a Batman hat on. Right, right? I exactly. mean, like this exactly. exists. It, it's we nor, the the nerd culture kind of runs the world right now. So anybody who's writing a negative review on Rotten Tomatoes, there's a very good chance that they, if they're not huge fans of Batman or Superman, there is something nerdy, something blockbustery, something. Um, from Look, their Fast, childhood, Fast and that Furious gets seventy five percent. Yes, yes. There's if, critics that are like, you know what, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. So the idea that like 
all critics are 65 year old white guys who just they only watch the Criterion Collection and they can't. This movie offends my ascot. It's it's ridiculous and it it drives me it it's kind of driven me insane over the last couple of days. I may have to check into an institution or something, but it's been it's been a, it's a stupid argument to me. Yeah, it, it's as if critics. Hold on, sorry, Shane. It's as if the critics can't judge whether a good movie is good or bad. Like that's yes. what they go into it thinking: <laughs> is this a good yeah. or a bad movie? And right. then they make their decision. You know. Uh, Based on a number of criteria, you know, script, character development, right. cinematic technique, direction, all that gets taken into account, and then they make a decision if it's good, and it fails on almost all those accounts in this movie. Uh, right. I just that I just it's more right. it's, it is a black and white issue when it comes it, to it, it being uh, a recommend or not. And, it's just uh, it's just so frustrating, and I, I, I want to give Shane his time because I think Shane is a very realistic fan of these films, and so yep. I want to talk to him about this stuff. But we've had so much it. It's just it's like it if would you, be great though if we had Shane on here and just didn't let him talk. I told Richard I was like I felt bad that you were going to come on the show because it's like it's kind of like inviting somebody to a party and no. then just making fun of their wife the whole time. Like I don't I don't want to be that person. My but my point is like it's. It seems like for for a lot of the vocal DC fanboy, and I'm sure it's the minority, but it's definitely the vocal minority. It's like you can either love Batman or Superman, Batman v Superman, or you just don't get it. You can't think about it critically, and that that drives me insane because I love Star Wars more than anything, and the the prequels are freaking terrible. Like it's not. It's not. Oh, it's okay to is to still enjoy a franchise or a property and still be able to think about it with a with a critical mindset. You know, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, especially with this movie, like I do feel like critics are being a little overly harsh. But I think that fanboys are reacting in a way that's also equally as ridiculous. Yeah. Where it's like I've seen a story where a lot of fanboys are claiming that they're being paid by Marvel or Disney to write negative. <laughs> yeah. That's the most ridiculous yeah. thing I've ever the heard. This one we saw was. Uh... You know, some a bunch of people are claiming that uh, Entertainment Weekly had kind of the first big negative review, and that they were like paid off. They're owned by Warner Brothers. Entertainment <laughs> Weekly is owned by Warner Brothers, right? And and if they had any incentive, it would be to be positive. So yeah, absolutely. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, Skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. And Absolutely. Other reviews I've seen say, "Well, it's just a dumb popcorn movie." You know, that's all it is ever meant to be. And I just that offends me. It, this is not Jupiter Ascending. This is not a 
throwaway. This is Batman. I mean, it does, right. it does Warner deserves to put to give it the best absolute story and people involved that it possibly can and make it as good as they possibly can. That's why I, it it really this movie offends me because it deserves so much better. These characters deserve better. This universe deserves better. And you know what? Um, it, it really offended me. Um, Shane, let's get to your positive thoughts, and we'll get to our general thoughts as well. Um, what what bright spots did you see coming out of this? What uh, what intrigued you? So, I mean, just from a yeah. So, from a general standpoint, I mean, things that I really enjoyed about the movie. I mean, I I really do think that Ben Affleck is an awesome um, Batman. Yeah. Um, I think he was great. I mean, he I've always kind of. You know, the thing that that works about Batman is that he works in so many different incantations, right? You can he can be kind of dark and cruel and brooding like he is in this movie and that works. And he can also be kind of goofy and campy like Adam West was and it also kind of works. He's such a dynamic character. But I've kind of always liked the almost borderline psychotic Batman where you have to be cruel and mean, you know, to people to 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 scare criminals and stuff. So I think that Ben Affleck really nailed it. And I think the other thing that he nailed too, or and this is partially the script, but I think that he also nailed a great um Bruce Wayne as well. I like that they it seems like every movie where you have Bruce Wayne, like nobody can really pull off the whole Playboy thing. And it's like in this movie, you actually see him like pretending to be drunk and like you actually see him like with women. And it's like, oh, yeah, like he's really selling this whole like I'm a goofy, you know, drunk he was, billionaire. He was actually drunk because he signed on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I just want to I want to touch on that a little bit. I totally yeah. agree. He's he's the best. Maybe yep. Bruce Wayne that we've gotten. I never bought Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne. He's the best right. Batman I think we've gotten. I don't. I didn't really buy Ben Affleck as Batman, but I bu- I bought him totally as Bruce Wayne in this movie. M- Michael, when you go back and rewatch it, Michael Keaton is legitimately a terrible Bruce Wayne. He's a weird loner. Like, yeah. and he'd be the first person you'd be like, yeah, that dude's definitely Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally agree. That's yeah. very true. Yeah. Any any other bright spots? I mean, let's see. I, I think that Cavill is a great Superman. Um, I, I really do. I think he's got the look pretty much nailed down. Um, and I like – I mean, I, I think the, one of the – yeah, I think one of the major – I like the major theme of the movie, right, which was that essentially it's like everybody on planet Earth is grappling with, okay, this – alien comes down and he can literally do all these things and it's almost like he's a god like how do we exist in this world anymore he's turned the whole thing upside down it's a theme that i think didn't get as much screen time as i would have liked or as much you know attention in the script but i think that is a great um you know that's a great theme for this movie and it's like you know how do you deal with that right there are people who worship him there are people who like him and then there's people like batman who are like i don't trust this guy at all you know um so i think that was great to um that was a that was a great starting point, I think, for a script. Yeah, man, I will admit the two minutes of this movie where I was like, "Wow, that was great!" was the montage with Charlie Rose and uh, Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Tyson, and they're they're cutting in between with the family on top of the roof and the flood, and Superman comes down, and they have the logo painted on the top of their house, and it also shows him down in Mexico, and he saves mm-hmm. a bunch of people, and they're all surrounding him and trying to touch him, and you know, half of them have their faces painted Day of the Dead and every it was very cinematic and, and it 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 was what I wanted this movie to be for two and a half hours. <laughs> um it, it showed me Snyder when uh, Spectre came out. 
<laughs> right? Because, you know, he'd had that in for like three years. It was like, crap, it'd be just the day of the dead. Yeah. You got to give it to Snyder. That dude can shoot a montage It was like no one's business. I mean, it was it was beautiful, I will admit, with the music and everything. But as far as the Superman stuff goes, I just felt like they hammered the, the uh, slow piano music over the head like crazy in this movie. I just, that little piano note, that sort of social network-esque piano line that they've written for the new Superman mm-hmm. theme, you know? It's a beautiful line, but you can't overuse that. I mean, anytime Superman was having a serious talk or thought, it was that little piano yeah. line. And you can even do it different ways with different instrumentation, you know, bring right. back that theme. But just that piano just kept coming in. I was just like rolling my eyes almost every time it, it came. Uh, they, they could have saved it for the end of the movie. And it would have been much more effective. But it, it felt like this weird – it's not a Superman movie. It's not a Batman movie. And it's not the Justice League. It's kind of this weird in-between. But mm-hmm. on top of all the characters you have to work into the Justice League, there were just so many freaking characters in this movie. I don't know why yeah. they had to – maybe Shane can uh, expound on this more. I don't know why they had to have the senator character in yes. there. Uh, that whole plot line is completely meaningless. It yeah. was totally meaningless. It was just beating you over the head with that. But, I mean, they could have spent more time developing the Wonder Woman character, and we don't get much of Aquaman or the Flash or Cyborg or any of the characters that we're supposed to be stoked about. We got some awesome movie trailers right in the middle of the movie for them. So that's that's (laughs) – Gosh. I think think when we get into specifics, like when we get into spoiler territory later, I've got a pretty good idea of what I would have done to make this movie a lot cleaner and neater. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, I don't want to get into it until we're actually kind of talking spoilers and stuff for the movie. But yeah, yeah, I – you know. I, uh, I, you're right. Like I said, it was definitely overcrowded for sure. Yeah. I think we all agree the, the concept, like the, the 20 page treatment for Batman v Superman is a solid movie, if not a really good movie, right? Like I think mm-hmm. there's, there's a, somewhere in here, there's an A or an A plus kind of movie, regardless of how <laughs> our final grades end up. There's, there's something solid there. And I, I did, I, I'm with you, Shannon. I wanted to chime in. I, I thought Affleck was a, I thought Affleck was a very good Batman and a great Bruce Wayne. I just I thoroughly dislike the vision for Batman that Snyder has now kind of cast over this whole universe. Like taking Batman from a gritty dark place to a I'm smiling as I torture somebody place is is a bridge too far for me. Right. And well, I'm concerned you how you get a, I don't know how I don't know how Affleck gets away from that in future Batman movies and especially the one that he's you know directing however many the, years down the line. Yeah, he so he is going to direct a Batman movie, right? That's, That's the plan anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm cool with that. I'm excited for that. Um, what? How did the 37 children in your screen take? <laughs> oh my god, dude, it was rough. It was really rough. There were seriously, it was it. Look, it was a 10:45 in the morning showing. So, like, I take my kid to see the movie sometimes at, at that time. But usually it's Zootopia, not uh, PG-13, <laughs> super dark Batman v Superman movie. So, yes, there was, for the first uh, 15, 20 minutes, there was just a kid crying. That was fun. Um, that happened to me in Steel. Same thing happened to me in Unbelievable. And there was a probably six year like, six, I feel like, is still a little bit young for this. My dad took me to see the, the Keaton Batman when I was six, and I totally got it. But also I was... A really good kid like I was not ever going to cause trouble you know what I mean and I, and that I think is a much more 
palpable, uh, pa- excuse me, palatable. Brian humble brag about what a good kid he was. Yeah, dude, I was, I was stupid, stinking cool, man. Like A plus kid. Just, just <laughs> no. There was a ton of kids all in my downhill sense, and and they were all uh, having a rough time. I watched parents take their kids out of the theater like probably a half dozen times throughout the course of the movie. Just like, oh god, he can't. He can't handle this. We got to get him out of here. I had a weird uh, my theater experience, guys. I, I want to stop down for just a second since you brought it up. Uh, at the end of the movie, there were pockets of booze. So that was fun. I'm a big fan of those people. Uh, the dude that was sitting next to me, <laughs> we were kind of like heavy sighing at the same things. And uh, there is a particular line of dialogue in the third the third act that is just the most excruciating, reactionary, awful piece of dialogue ever. And we both just immediately went, oh, my gosh. And then he laughed and extended his hand and shook my hand and said, hi, pleased to meet you. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. I was like, this guy's great. So after the movie, he's like, hey, uh, you might want to check out this podcast I do. It's pretty pretty cool. Uh, I think you might dig what we're, what we're laying down here. So anyway, that was my theater experience. Totally unique to what I, I would have. What you should get in a superhero kind of movie like this, I think. Gosh, my screening was just dead silent. I mean, you could hear a pin <laughs> drop. Thing. Nobody knew what to think. There wasn't. It wasn't reactions. There was not one laugh through the whole movie because there's no humor whatsoever right. in any sense. Yeah, like, uh, not even one Nolan, attempt at it. Even the Christopher Nolan movies have some jokes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the stuff between Alfred and Bruce, yeah. it's not intentional. It's kind of dry humor, but it makes mm-hmm. you smile at least or could chuckle. Uh, this, I don't know. I, I guess they're just going for a hundred percent as dark as we possibly can with this. Do you feel that chain? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't necessarily feel like there's kind of anything wrong with that. I just think, you know, cause I think it's kind of unfair. I, I think it's actually kind of a smart direction to go. Cause the more you kind of separate yourself and make yourself a little bit different than Marvel, I think, cause Marvel's already kind of cornered the market right on, on, right. you know, kind of funny superheroes and especially a character like, cause it, so many shows and stuff now are trying to essentially make dark gritty versions of these characters that really shouldn't be. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the, the reverse kind of, I think holds up too, where it's like Batman doesn't really crack jokes. He's not, you know, you're not going to hear him throw out quips like star Lord from guardians of the galaxy. Right. right? Or at least you right. shouldn't anyway. So there were little bits of dry humor pockets here and there of dry humor throughout the movie, but that's not really something that kind of registered on my scale of like, Oh, it needed to be funnier. Cause I just, I feel like Batman's the one character that you can absolutely get away with like no 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 this is dark and and brooding you know yeah well, i definitely felt I like think... there was an attempt at it though brian uh with some of the lex stuff uh specifically yeah, so the, I, I the, think the jolly yeah. rancher scene and stuff God. i was just yeah. like, what are yeah. they what are they going for here are they going yeah. for creepy are they going for funny i just didn't understand the That's tone they terrible. were aiming for really with poor the, characters with no character. shane i i'm with you i think the the counterpoint to that is it's just so unrelentingly gritty, you know, it, right. it stops at some point it stops being gritty and it just, it's just depressing and like it, dour it's, almost. yes, it's dour and it's, it's just kind of me. And I think the other, the other part of that is I think it, I think you're totally right. Like Marvel has this, this down where it's like a little bit of humor and it's lighter and it's enjoyable and that kind of, it, it they've got that, that covered, but it also kind of feels like DC, their way of countering that is to go one billion percent in the opposite direction, and it so to me it just it becomes reactionary. Does that make sense? Like it doesn't. It's just counter programming, no, and it's not. It just being inspired. Like the best, the best writers, they are going to write in a way that, like the story, kind of 
tells itself. Like you're not, you're not necessarily just like forcing it to go down a path. You're going to let it kind of go where it, where it will. And then you, you tighten it up and you bring it in. And it, there's, I think that's part of the problem with this whole Snyder vision is that he has, I, I hate his vision. I'm, I mean, that's just, that's uh, personal opinion, but I can't stand his vision but I could get around – I think Man of Steel is an example of like I can get around sort of the, the, the Snyder-ness of it all because there's, a, there's some outside influence it feels like. In this movie, it really feels like we are, we are going to point Z. We're starting at A. We're going to Z. There will be no tangents. We will not let anything divert us from the plan of what we do here with our DC movies, and it just becomes – it's just it's just unrelenting and I feel like that's a I feel like that's a problem. You should yes, you don't want to go out and try to be Marvel. I get that they want to try to do something different, but if the script calls or if the if the narrative demands like some levity or some just not punch you in the face with with depressing grittiness, then that's okay and there's just no I don't feel like there's any space for that in the Snyderverse. Let me uh, let me jump in just for a second. I think you know what the real test is going to be, though. I think it's going to be the Justice League, if for nothing else, but because the take that they're doing on Superman is kind of a serious, kind of an updated tone. Batman is kind of a dour character, but mm-hmm. I really want to see how they handle the Flash and Aquaman right. because Aquaman is your Thor of this universe. He's the goofy guy. Or he's not goofy, right. but he's the guy that speaks in that kind of old English and doesn't yeah. understand the customs of the planet. And Flash is the Iron Man, right, of the Justice right. League where he's always telling quips and kind of lighthearted and he's never really serious. Yeah. So I think that when you see the Justice League, when that comes out, if they turn those guys kind of dour and yes. like depressing yeah. as well, then it's it's definitely OK to be like, yeah, OK, what's what's happening yeah. here? Like that you're I, now going against right. the nature of the character. And I think I well, I, I expect that to happen. And that's not fair maybe to cast that upon it. But the fact that because I don't know if you watch the TV show, I love The Flash. The, the I love TV it. Show. I love I that think show. It's fantastic. And the fact that they are going not just in the casting that they're that they've brought in somebody else to play Flash in the movies, and that Zy- that Snyder has come out and said, well, he just doesn't fit the the tone of the film. I feel like that's a really bad sign moving forward because I it think you're totally right. For, like yeah. those are the characters that could. It's not just they would add a little levity or that they would give you a break. It's that those are really I don't know about Aquaman, but the Flash has always been a very interesting and a. A re- like a character that you can kind of rally behind, I think, in a way that some of these others you really can't, or it's not as easy to do, especially when they're so dark. And if they're going to be, if Ezra Miller is going to continue to put on weight and it's going to be another, just like he's like a vaguely sarcastic dark person, like that's going to be a beatdown. And I, I'm afraid I'm that still that's pissed. the way I we're I hope headed. they don't make Vinny Chase too jacked. <laughs> 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 For Aquaman, yeah. 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 He's, I mean, he's, it's just, I hope they don't, because Vinny's so naturally funny. Right. But but drama as the new Zod, though, I mean, (laughs) that's next level casting. I don't, I don't even have an issue with the plan here, with the direction, the visual direction of where, where DC wants to go. I just think that the execution is so poor. I I think, seriously, with different people at the helm of this, without Zack Snyder, uh, I think this would have a chance if you put somebody behind the the camera that maybe a Justin Lin or somebody who could like a get, tell field. a story, but also knows how to shoot a a movie in a way that yes. I can 
keep up with it. I mean, this movie just hurt. It physically yes. hurt me. I don't know. Can about- we talk? Yeah. Talk, can we talk about the just the visuals and the the cinematography? Because I, I, I saw a lot of people saying like, oh, the cinematography is great, or at least defending it on that level. And I, I don't know if it's just me. That's why I, I want to hear what you guys have to say. I, I felt like it was an assault on the eyes most of the time. There was a few sequences that worked pretty well, but I think that's what Snyder is. Suppose that like that's what he does best. That's what the best parts of Watchmen and Three Hundred are are his visual aesthetics. But this one was not there for me at all. It looked really bad, and I'm I'm wondering if maybe it's just I wasn't ready for that at ten forty five in the morning or so. I I don't know, but it just it didn't work for me at all on that level. Yeah, it it had a reliance on shaky cam, and I don't remember that a lot in previous Snyder movies. That's why I felt it went to. Uh, with the trends of big blockbusters and the fact that we always have to have shaky cam to, you know, like um, even the most simple dialogue scenes with, there was one with Bruce and one with uh, Superman and it's just an over the shoulder, like typical dialogue back and forth dialogue scene and it's shaky cam and they're just standing there talking. There's no action going on or I'm like, why? Yeah, but Jason Bourne, bro. (laughs) I don't understand that choice and you mentioned earlier, Richard, you know how you felt at the end of Man of Steel just assaulting you with destruction? Well, you know what? We're going to start this one out with just 20 minutes of Bruce Wayne uh, running away from the exact same destruction that everyone was tired of in Man of Steel. You know what I mean? It just – it started off on the wrong note to me. The double and, down. And it tells, the double. The, it tells the story again of Batman's origin kind of in a montage way, but I didn't – I think we know the origin, or if you're going to do that, I don't think doing it as, as the first scene of the movie was a way to do it. Maybe flashback to it later, right, or something. Yes. It just felt derivative yes. of that was, a, yeah, that was such a that was to me that was such a big misstep because, like, yes. seriously, guys, at this point, we are running out of creative ways to shoot pearls bouncing off the sidewalk. Gosh, <laughs> we've seriously. seen it 15 times. Like, guys, we all know how Batman, you know, like, yes. and just start the movie off with it, too. It was kind of like that was, yeah, that was a step in the yes. wrong direction, I think, to is start. It, is it even 5% of the people who went to see this this weekend, did they not know how Batman's parents died? Like, yeah. it has to be 5% or less. Well, he was Everyone right? Knows. He was at a wrestling match, <laughs> and then they were killed by a random guy, right? <laughs> Yes, confusing. Yeah, got it. The yeah. most annoying thing about this is now, like when I sh- I can't wait. Like you know, you have these things. I don't have kids, Brian. You have a kid, and can't you have three or four illegitimate kids? <laughs> is it four now? That, that I know four? of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Of. Okay. Cool. Um. So anyway, but I, you know, you have these things now. I'm getting a little older. I'll be 30 next year, and and you start thinking about, um, hey, I can't wait to show my kids this in 10 years and in 15 years, and now I'm like annoyed. Mm-hmm. That I'm gonna have to when I show them the Dark Knight trilogy, and then they'll eventually see this, and I'm gonna have to explain to them that it's like not the same time ribbon and like right. all this different. And it's like, oh, couldn't we have just let it? <laughs> like yeah. the Dark Knight trilogy is so perfect, yes. such a beat down. But that's that's just my own issue. Um, so let's go into a little spoiler territory. Don't you think it's about time we can start breaking down things? Sure. Spoiler spoilery so, coming up. Spoilery, yeah, stuff. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Let's fire. Hey, Kent, fire off that uh, flare gun. You ready? <laughs> Cocked and loaded. Go ahead. Okay. All right, cool. Um, 
It's weird how so, he always just carries it around, though, right? Just like in this. case. You never know. <laughs> you never know, man. There's going to be a T-Rex behind you. You're going to need some flares. <laughs> Go ahead. That would be the coolest way to like defend yourself from an arm <laughs> rob. It's just to flare some guy in the face. <laughs> uh, um, so anyway, what did you guys think of uh, – is it Gal Jadot? How do I say it? I don't Gal know. What you think? You know what? I'm she 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 looks up. the she yeah, she looks the part. Um, I think she has yeah. three lines in the movie. I don't even. <laughs> I honestly don't think she says a line until over two hours into the movie. Yeah. And um, I think she definitely looks the. Part. I mean, she was I'm one of the bright spots of, of this movie. Just the action yeah, scenes with think, her. Like one positive of this movie is it didn't diminish my excitement for a cool Wonder Woman movie because. Totally. You know, yeah. Even though all the odds are against it, apparently that's the one that's going to be good. Like, who would have thought, right? right. Um, but that, I'm fired up for that. Yeah, it feels like it could be a Captain America with sort of supernatural elements and mm-hmm. with a female lead. I, I think the audience, at least the one, you know, clap, I guess, if it did get, was the introduction of her when she blocks with her little uh, cufflink thing. She blocks the She blocks the blast and we see her reveal would have been that was a little been way cooler if we hadn't seen it in the trailer 700 times yeah and the like hero shot of the three of them is is cool and those are the things snyder can do very well if not the best but um i'm i am excited for that i do think it's going to make a ton of money (laughs) i think i'm still mad i'm still mad that oh yeah this has already made 82 million i'm still mad that Catherine bigelow is not directing wonder woman but we do have patty jenkins directing wonder woman right and uh can we can i can i give you a few of her credits Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm interested, yep. Uh, a TV pilot called Betrayal. I remember that, yep. Um, the couple episodes of The Killing. Okay. Uh, two TV movies, one called Five and one called uh, Exposed. Okay. And then we have a uh, – she directed the film Monster, right? Charlize yeah. Theron. Right? Charlize Theron, yeah. which is cool. And then an episode of Arrested Development. Okay, you guys are pretty excited now, right? Can't wait. Now two episodes of Entourage. <laughs> oh, yeah! yeah. <laughs> I will see that one. I, that one, actually, because independent of all this mess, I think that could be a fun one-off, yeah. especially you know, Chris agree. Pine and everything, and that could yeah, be fun. I, I think it's going to be cool. And it's got uh, – it's not only Chris Pine and her, but it's um, Robin Wright as well. Right. Uh, they just released like a teaser image too that looks pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. David Lewis, who's awesome. I mean, like that. If any of these is going to be like really freaking cool, it's going to be Robin. It's going to be Wonder Woman, which is like who would have thought? But I'm so not because she's a woman, but just because like that movie's been in development for uh, 35 years and is always <laughs> right, right. like never worked <laughs> out. And it's going to be funny if that's the one that's like, wow, that was really cool. Yeah. Can't just to loop back on something you touched on earlier, I, and it's really not a fault of the movie, but like after seeing the film, shame on Warner Brothers marketing department for like botching yep. those trailers. And then also yep. like that doomsday reveal would have been so much more effective and cool if yeah. they did not just give it away. And I can't yep. like watching the movie. I was like, God, who cut that trailer? Who allowed that to go out? Yep. Again, I think it's panic. Like, you know, um, I think they were so, so committed to creating crazy buzz for this movie right. that they ended up, What's the expression? Like, cut off your hand to spite your feet or whatever? Yeah, cut off your nose to spite your face. There we go. That's yeah. it. Yeah, um, and kind of to touch on that, as far as trailer spoils, my roommate saw it with me, and he said the coolest moment of the movie for him was that kind of moment with Bruce Wayne in the, the bat suit in that kind of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde back and forth between the suit and Bruce. 
He was like, man, that was a really cool moment. And I was like, yeah, I would have loved that if I hadn't seen it in the trailer. I mean, that mm-hmm. that's like the the sting, if you will, of the trailer, uh, the first teaser. And so, I mean, and this, the scene with the uh, woman on top of the roof and Superman was in the trailer. I mean, that would have been – I would have – been glowing about that part even more if I hadn't seen mm-hmm. it. Uh, yep. I, I, some, we see more of it in the movie, of course, but um, you're right. They they threw it all, all right. out the window in, in the trailer. Not so all let's the get reveals, to but a lot. Okay. Let's get down to brass tacks, fellas. Okay. All right. I know we're all passionate. Shane, <laughs> in some one direction, are the ma'am crowd in another. But we're excited. Shane, you're doing a great job. So right. happy you're here. We got a lot more to let's, get to, by the way. I got it. We do. And I'm going to lead us off. I think it's time. Okay. <laughs> I know where this is going to. What do we think of the Eisenberg? <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, it's not his fault because I think the direction Snyder wanted yeah. him to go in was the exact direction he went in. It just, yes. Snyder had the wrong vision for oh what gosh, that character yes. could it be. It should have been like, hey, remember when you played Zuckerberg? Just do that again. Because that's like yes. a cool modern version of Lex Luthor. Like yeah. this cool tech billionaire who's secretly evil. And maybe maybe you could have him kind of pissed upon by, uh, you know, his college and, you know, the, the smart, super smart, successful uh, venture cap guys. And now he's out to get them by starting this kind of bioterror organization. OK, cool. Modern Lex Luthor. Like yeah. just and then you cast Jesse Eisenberg. Awesome. We got the guy that actually played Zuckerberg. Just do that again in a superhero contact. We're done. But he took him in a really weird direction. Yeah. It's almost Jokerish, and that is not Lex Luthor to me. Like he's he's a he's a psychopath. He's a crazy person and that doesn't it really doesn't work. I didn't think Eisenberg was um particularly good even doing the bit that he's doing like can't you're you're totally right. It's it's Snyder's fault. The character design is terrible and I think he executed that and went all in on it, which you know, I give I'll give him credit for that. He went all in. I don't think it's a great it's a particularly good performance to begin with, but it's definitely I think it's 90% on Snyder, 10% on him. It's in, in my book. That, I agree. It's weird that that character, that bad guy is so iconic. Lex Luthor's incredibly iconic. Um, and, and, and it seems like a pretty easy one to pull off, right? Like a uh, vindictive evil billion trillionaire. Mm-hmm. Why has no one ever played it well? Right. No, Kevin Spacey, know, one of the greatest Gene actors Hackman. of our time. Who is a better, if you were to ask other actors, there's rarely two actors that actors would have more respect for than Gene Hackman and Kevin Spacey. I don't think either of them nailed it. No. Chewing scenery no, left. I agree. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Totally. Like, that's such a like. Like we've had two now, maybe I mean we'll see about Leto. Three people kill the Joker, like knock it right. out of the park. Right, and that like, should wh- be so difficult to do because it's yeah. such a weird role. Exactly, right. that's such a weird role. Like Lex Luthor, like should be. Yeah, you get a you know, <laughs> you get a a rich looking white dude, or I mean I don't even care if he's white. I'm just saying that's what they've done so far. Right, and you have him have you just set up the reason why he's angry. And you have him be evil and like you have him be like really smart, really quippy, you know, almost even sometimes a step ahead of Superman and Batman or just Superman, whatever. And you go and like no one's pulled that off. And it's like of all the villains, that one, like, like we've had a good Bane, but not a good <laughs> Lex Luthor. You're talking about Batman and, and Robin? That one, yeah, absolutely. That the guy, okay, yeah. Cool. Duh, obviously, with Uma Thurman, it's kind of a sweet <laughs> side piece. But – 
it's weird. Like that, that should be a, yeah. like, you know, can we shave John Slattery's head and have him be Lex yeah. Luger? Like, it seems like the easiest role to cast ever for a good actor to do. Yeah. What I heard, having... what I heard happen was that Eisenberg actually auditioned for the Jimmy Olsen role, or that's what they wanted him for. And it was going to be that Brian, was it. it was going to be Brian Cranston as Lex Luthor. And the, okay. and the announcement was supposed to come immediately following the series finale of Breaking Bad. Uh, Cranston pulled out, and so they decided to move Eisenberg as Lex, and then they rewrote the character as a young person. And I just think that decision I, was – I think you can cast somebody else without having to go that But I'm cool. Like, I, I'm actually cool with – you know, we, we, look, we make fun of Eisenberg a lot because now you see me, and that's a, that's a bit on the show, and that's, that's fun. But like – Eisenberg's a pretty good actor, and I'm actually could I I think it's cool to do a young Lex Luthor. I think that's yeah. a cool choice because you have all these young, you know, Snapchat, Facebook, et cetera, billionaires out there. What a cool way to redo it, right? We have a young 29 year old nerd who was you know beat up all the way through high school and college, and now he's a billionaire and he's going to get back at the world, right? Yeah, yeah. Easy I think do. they're they, like they set it up like. He's Lex Luthor Jr. though in this movie, like as if we're going to get an, a real Lex mm-hmm. Luthor eventually. Yeah. <laughs> if well, this he didn't kept work mentioning out. his dad, which was like, there's no real reason to just just be <laughs> yes. Lex Luthor. There's no real oh, reason gosh. to keep mentioning yes. your dad. Yeah, I will say this, like. I like it to, to Richard's point. I like the idea of having a younger like Lex Luthor instead of like the older bald statesman, right? Yeah. Have like you know like Lex Luthor be that Martin Sclarelli dude or whatever yeah. the guy that sells exactly. the age drug. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be that guy, right? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. but yeah. here's what I'll say: I I was kind of very interested in the choices that that Jesse Eisenberg was making. But my thing, I kind of referenced this earlier. What I would have done to uh, to I think fix this movie that would have made it a little bit cleaner, honestly. I would have cut Wonder Woman out of the movie entirely because she was awesome to watch, but she was almost inconsequential to the plot. Totally. And I would have devoted more time to to Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor because I think he's he's rubbing people the wrong way because he's making choices and he's a very distinct character, but there's not enough screen time to explain why he's yes. the way he is and yes. why he's pissed off at Superman. And I yeah. guess to a certain exactly. point, Batman. Exactly, yes. So get Wonder Woman agree. out of the movie. Yeah. Hundred percent agree. As as long and overstuffed as this movie is, we couldn't. There is almost nothing to explain why this entire plot is set into motion. It doesn't beyond. It's basically like playing on our knowledge that Lex Luthor hates Superman and vice versa, just from Absolutely. history. And it's nothing that's actually taking place in it's the movie hilarious. or history coming from you know prior to the movie or something like that. It it all the man that and that's one so of my funny, bigger. Like, it's like, hey, let's just assume the audience understands that Lex Luthor and Superman. Yes. The main like, like right. uh, crux of this film is that those two hate each other. And uh, but make sure we tell the Batman origin story right. three let's more times. <laughs> and yeah. then literally oh, flash back to it two thirds of the way through the movie. The same scene. <laughs> yeah. As if she does. Oh. Yeah. The the pearls. Yeah. The forget? pearls and the gun. Yeah. Okay. Here it is again. Wanted to make sure you know. But yes. His, his whole bit. I I think that is one of the bigger issues with the whole movie is the. All of the plot, it's so overstuffed, but it also doesn't, it's almost all kind of meaningless. Like, his whole bit, we're in spoilers again, like, but the blowing up of the of the Capitol building and all these things that Lex Luthor puts into motion, they don't matter. Like, the entire point of him blowing up the Capitol building 
is to force Superman to go off to the Fortress of Solitude and talk to his dead dad. Like that doesn't there, there's no yep. there's no reason for that to have happened. And all we get is from that is that he's a crazy person. Well, we we kind of figured that out already. I, it's just it's such a it's such a missed opportunity to try to make that character, if not relatable, then at least like understandable. And and we don't. There's just none of that. There's none of that. And I, I don't. I think you're totally right, Shane. I don't know how that. I don't know how you know better than than we do because you kind of work. You work in the in the system. It's amazing to me that that a script like this for a movie this big got all the way through all the checks and balances, and no one said maybe we should have literally any reason why Lex Luthor hates Superman in here somewhere. Like maybe that should take up two minutes of dialogue somewhere yeah. in the script. I feel like th- the only line that you really kind of get that kind of is uh, to that note is like when he's giving that speech at his like party or whatever, and he kind of trips up on that line where he's talking about like knowledge being power. And then he's kind of like, but apparently that's not true or whatever. I think right. you're just kind of led to believe like he's just mad that Superman's obviously more powerful than he is, even though Lex Luthor's smarter. But that's really not enough to, to hinge the entire no. – to set the plot in motion. Yeah. And the cool thing is is like you have – it, you know, Lex Luthor – the cool thing you could do with Batman versus Superman is, you, you know, you've got uh, – you've got – Lex Luthor is obviously a natural adversary to Superman, but he's also kind of a natural adversary to Bruce Wayne because they're both rich guys. And like, mm-hmm. there's a really easy way that to could be fun. Build. That could be an yeah. interesting dynamic. Yeah. And they don't really go down that. Ah, it's weird. It's weird, weird, weird. Yeah. yeah. Shane, I want to get your thoughts on Batman more on how he was portrayed here. I felt like they didn't bring much new to the table as far as Batman uh, goes uh, kind of a retread on a lot of stuff. Are, no one hardly did. any nipples. Which I was <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, but as far no. as the, the, I mean, it's a different design. I understand it's a different uh, bat suit. It's a different bat cave. Um, but I didn't feel like even in the Dark Knight, there were so many more little gadgets that we had never seen before, and there was explanations for why he could turn his head now. And uh, you know, he got attacked by dogs, so that's why he has more arm. Like there was fun little almost Easter eggs on Batman. And here I I felt a little bit recycled with some of the stuff. There's a car chase scene. That's very reminiscent of the dark Knight, like sort of in tunnels. And there's guys in with bazookas and box trucks and everything. There's way more dodges in this version than there there was. There's definitely (laughs) way more product placement. Yeah. And, and there's also a scene where Batman sort of beaten up some goons in the dark. That's kind of reminiscent of the like parking garage sequence in the, uh, Mm -hmm. the Nolan trilogy. But, but I mean, I just hadn't seen much. I hadn't seen already from Batman other than the armored bat. And I felt this was highly influenced by the Batman animated series in a lot of ways. Uh, how do you feel about (laughs) that? I mean, fired up about it. How he feels about it. (laughs) I mean, here's what I will say. First off, I don't know what you got. I love the the suit. Like the armored suit was cool, but I really love that for the first time ever we actually got the cool like gray and black Batman outfit instead of just the all black Mm -hmm. kind of like rubber latex thing. I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you, Kent. They kind of almost like backscaled a little bit on the toys and the gadgets and stuff. But like I said, I take Batman as seriously as Brian takes Star Wars seriously. Sure. So I spend sure. way too much time thinking about this type of stuff. But if it's, I mean, if, if you're really going to make Batman realistic and he's this guy that dresses up like a bat and scares criminals half to death, I mean, he would literally have to be borderline psychotic, right? And he would have to be kind of cruel and kind of, you know, so I, 
I was really cool with the fact that he was like branding people and stuff. I thought that was kind of awesome, but I was absolutely surprised that they cranked it up to 11 where like in the comics, Batman has a definite absolute rule about not killing people in this movie. He just straight up murders. I mean, he was blowing up all those dudes and dodges and it was like, there was no, like there was no um, gray area of like, yeah, maybe they survived. Like, no, he mowed them all down with bullets. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I, I, I liked it, but I was surprised how far they went with the, you know, with the the darkness of it. I guess. Yeah, I I like the design of the Batmobile. I will say that uh, I think mm. the the tumbler is still my favorite, um, but I do think it was a cool Batmobile, and I like the Batarang too. I thought it looked cool. Um, definitely different than the the Bat from the Dark Knight Rises. That's just a completely different uh, design on on. Go, they went the complete opposite direction. That you would think they would go with the. Uh, the vehicles in the Nolan series, but you know, there were some creative decisions that I thought were fine with Batman. I just didn't feel like they brought much different stuff or anything new to the table. As far as bat, like this, this Batman isn't, doesn't, isn't different than any of the Batmans we've seen. It's just kind of bat band. Maybe they wanted that because they didn't want the casting of Ben Affleck to be too, uh, jarring, you know? Yeah. So they didn't try to make it vastly different, but I just I mean, wanted... he is way more jacked than the others. But you have to give him that. <laughs> I just think there's like a, a different way to WWE yeah. There's a different way to that. tell. I have a theory that Batman. I mean, pardon me, Ben Affleck only did this movie because he was getting divorced and he wanted to get in really good shape. <laughs> <laughs> he did get there's all, there's even a scene in here where Snyder gives a scene of him working out and like shirtless. Like CrossFit. There's so CrossFit. many CrossFit. bro. There's so Gosh. many shirtless so bros working out in this movie. I, With like I, really I old joking. weights too. I yeah. always thought the Batman could afford like <laughs> yeah. new looking gym no. equipment. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would think. But uh, but I think Ken, you're 100 percent right, and I think that what you're probably maybe getting at is just that there was just again not enough screen time for Ben Affleck's Batman to do to take yeah. it in new and different interesting ways. I think when we get the solo movie, we might go in different directions that you haven't seen, but just just not enough screen time, right? right to really kind of reinvent the do, wheel here. Is there any sort of inclination on what are they going to do with with let's say the Affleck solo movie? Is it going to be pre? Post whatever. This. I have no idea. I, it, there could be some information out there. I haven't seen it. It's um, weird. What do you do with Batman now? Because like Batman, more than anything, when he joins the Justice League, is very different. He's such a vigilante to now captain of a of a of a team of a, essentially. Uh, yeah, yeah, of Duke. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, Zack Snyder's going to be the weird. next coach yes. of Duke. Brian, deal with it. <laughs> I'm going to come over there right now. Um, it, it's frustrating too. I think. To, to both of your points, in a perfect world, I know that you can't do exactly what Marvel did, that they've been so adamant about they're, they're trying to kind of speed up this process. But I think even with Snyder, if the, if the way that these two clash, if between Man of Steel and Batman v Superman we get a Batman introduction with Ben Affleck and we get some real development on that, on his Batman and why he is the way he is and all that. So not necessarily an origin story. Cause we've, like I said, we've said, we've seen that a million times, but some, some introduction to them. And then it ends with the destruction of Metropolis. And then we're heading straight into Batman v Superman. I feel like that maybe that's a little too easy, but I think it's a, it's a better, it's certainly to me, it's a better path than what we're on right now. I'm not saying it's by any means like the most original path, but it would I think it would serve better to make for these to be good movies and to where it wouldn't have to be just so incredibly overstuffed with everything. I, I completely agree. Um, I want to hit on there just more on the direction. 
it feels there's so many short scenes in this. It felt like mm-hmm. two and a half hours of thirty second scenes. Yeah, and it's just jumping constantly from character to character and lo- more of location to location. I mean, there are so many. You're in Africa one minute, then you're in Metropolis, then you're in God. You just don't know where you are throughout most of it. It it was hard to follow, but I mean, the amount of setups and the amount of stuff they expect you to follow, amount of plot lines they expect you to follow is. I mean, and we see movies all the time, so we're, we kind of expect a lot of this. But just for the average person who is just going in mm-hmm. to see a Batman yeah. movie, I just don't, right. I just don't know what they were thinking. And on some of the darker stuff, it's not only like the look of the movie, but it's the content of the movie is weird. They have a weird kind of Superman and Lois like in the bath at yeah, the beginning, that so and that was like in that. very yeah, weird. Six year old, I don't yeah. know why that was needed, and then. Lex Luthor talks yeah, Amy about Adams was useless and kind of terrible in this. Which I know. Weird. And it's, it's yes, it's weird. I think, and I think n- all of the supporting cast are horribly misused and, and also give bad performance. And I love Amy Adams. I'm a huge Amy Adams fan. Um, she is useless in the Lois Lane role. And that's a, a bunch of that I think is on Snyder, not knowing how to use the character and a, some of that's probably on the fact that Lois Lane has never been a particularly interesting I, character. I disagree in these with movies, that. Like she's but, a no, she's an you're right in the movies. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, uh, the Christopher Reeves film make her more and more agitated, and then she turned out to be kind of crazy in her life <laughs> right, too. Right. But like um, Lois Lane is more empowered than any other kind of heroine in these film in the in the kind of in the history of it. Like you could make her really cool because she's, you know, she's a journalist and she's, you know, in one aspect of Superman slash Clark Kent's life, she's kind of superior to him. And you can you can establish a really interesting dynamic, you know, as stupid as that um, Terry Hatcher, Dean Cain, Lois and Clark show was. The one thing they did right was like kind of establish that he has this sort of even though he's Superman, he has kind of an inferiority complex with Lois Lane because in his professional life you know, she's far superior to him. Right. She always right. gets the beats when he doesn't. Right. <laughs> and so like, there's things you can do with that dynamic. That's better than, you know, Batman doesn't really have that. I mean, Catwoman kind of, but, but, uh, Lois Lane is really wasted in this universe because, mm-hmm. and, and, and kind of like Lex Luthor in, 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 in film in general, because that could be a really cool, um, you know, there's a reason he chose her. He's Superman. Uh, you know, aside from Vinny Chase, he can have any other. You know, he he pulls harder than anybody, and like he chooses her because she is like better than him in a lot of ways. Right. And they just don't ever explore that at all yeah. in film, which is weird. It just doesn't get to it. And I think the rest of the the, the major supporting actors and characters are. Like Lawrence Fishburne's really bad. I don't think it's him. I think it's the the stuff that he's handed to work with. I didn't. I, I'm interested in what Shane thought. I did not care for for Jeremy Irons's uh, Alfred. It just was kind of a waste of time to me. And I think I think uh, Kane did that so well, and that's part of it. But so yeah, I think that's the unfair. difference like, here that's is the hardest thing to follow is Michael Kane was like, yeah, you know, he, look, he's built to play Alfred, and right. so like he, I betrayed you, I failed you. That scene. <laughs> I'm not burying another that. bloody Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's. Uh, so it's hard to do, but it's uh, but irons. That's a heck of a choice, man. That's a guy with a lot of weight, but it is disappointing. Yeah, when so he's I'll, just, yeah, up. I'll play the, the major thing I thought he, he brings to this. I don't know. I, I think the major fine. thing he brings to the story is that he's kind of a drunk. Like that's it. That's all there is. To, I don't know. It's just, it didn't. I was very disappointed in that because I think Jeremy Irons, like you said, Richard, is a very good actor and a very uh, 
brings a lot of gravitas, smart, and they man. didn't use it at yeah, all. Yeah, they, they kind of went the opposite direction of Nolan in the fact that uh, Alfred is now the, the kind of the tech guru again uh, for Batman, and whereas in the Nolan trilogy, they kind of outsourced all that him building his suit and stuff through Lucius Fox and the uh, in his companies. But in this, it feels like Alfred is more of a more of a uh, Doc Brown type character than we would we've seen in the past. But maybe that's just me. I, I felt that way. But he, I don't know, Shane. I didn't have a problem with uh, with Jeremy Irons. I I think he's going to be great, but I just think he just didn't really get enough. You know, enough. There's not really yeah. enough to sink your teeth into there, right? I mean, like he. I don't. I could be mistaken, but I don't think you ever see him outside of the Batcave. Right. Right. And so it's yeah, like it's. It's kind of a – it's almost like just does he even need to be in the movie? You know, I mean it, it, there's a lot of that with, with this. Like, it, again, you know it's overstuffed and we've hit cool, on that a hundred times. I'm surprised but. they've never really done an Alfred, especially in the Nolan-verse. There could have been a cool Alfred origin film. That, because, like, he's burning down, you know. We, I think we, that we might be in development, it, dude. Like, I, I feel like I've – forest. You know, like, you could do something cool there. And, uh, you know, he's kind of a – he at least it alludes to a, a past that's interesting, and it could yeah. be cool. Um, but who knows? He's got to be – well, obviously, I think the first choice for Alfred in this universe is John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> for young Alfred. For young Alfred, right. I mean, obviously, it's going to be either John Cena or um, – Chris Jericho, maybe. Chris Jericho could be good. Yeah, I think it could be – I mean, can he do a British accent? Tug, tug. That's okay. <laughs> I want to touch on another <laughs> – point of the introducing the justice league because really we're going to introduce them to each other via email and i chat like they they were like it wasn't wonder woman chatting with the flash or something like i don't know what was yeah. happening there but that's the one of the biggest letdowns of all. you up we've waited <laughs> yeah we've waited 90 years for the justice Thanks, league to come out and that's how we get it was right. them clicking on each other's avatars and seeing like i don't know i just I, you expect so much more when this is hyped yes. up like it is, and that's all we got yes. of those characters except for Wonder Woman. But now we're expected to go. You in enjoy the Justice League? It, yeah. Well, first, let me send you this cat meme. All right, cool. <laughs> you in? Right. It, it's uh, and I thought the Aquaman little sequence or scene, it felt like the Zoolander underwater commercial, like the perfume, <laughs> like it was the seahorse. You know, I just I was like, this is not good. It just doesn't work for Water. me. I don't know how you can do a whole movie underwater or half underwater. I just don't know. It, it yeah. remains to be seen. But what do you guys feel about how about that stuff? I just hope it has that yeah. underwater theme from Mario through the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, the introductions were awkward. Like, you know, Shane made a great point earlier, and I'll give him credit for this because he's right next to me and he's bigger than me. <laughs> um, you know. And he's wearing a Kevin Smith hockey jersey, by the way, guys. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, I, I really do think it's Batman versus Superman. And then, like, why didn't you just do a Dawn of Justice League movie? Getting them in, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think cutting to all those weird video clips was a bit of a misstep because that's that is going to be the number one point that critics are and people are going to say that's why it was overstuffed. Mm. I think what you do, I think what I would have done is I would have. Essentially, so Superman dies, right? And I think Batman kind of decides, okay, we got to go on a quest. We got to assemble a team, uh, you know, because Eisenberg kind of, or Lex Luthor alludes to like there's bigger and worse stuff coming. So I think your Marvel post credits, like Zinger scene, is maybe just him sitting in front of a computer. Yes. 
And then just seeing, yeah. don't even show the video Gosh. clips, just show those four boxes of like the logos or whatever and him kind of going, huh, and then cut to black. That's it, you know? And then save all the in, the real introductions for the Justice League movie. Just get there, you know? Because we're going to do them again anyway. We're still going to introduce those characters in Justice League. Yeah. So now we're just doing it twice. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, totally. What that's See, this is what's so frustrating about this is that I feel like in the hour and ten minutes that we've been talking, we've... We've made this a B movie at least without without or a B plus without and we don't know anything. We're all idiots. And so how did how did we get to this point where we can figure this stuff out and and Zack Snyder can't like it's it's just so frustrating to me that this is the this is what Batman and Superman will be for an entire generation of of young Batman or Superman fans. That's so frustrating to me. Yeah, we have to wait a a decade for the next interpretation of this, you know, at least. It's committed that far. I mean, they're that far into this already, or committed that far, and it's crazy. These characters, I I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, I... And certainly not to apologize or cover for Zack Snyder, but I mean, I think you're seeing a lot of this now where the budgets of these movies kind of skyrocket so high that people kind of want in, they want their opinions, you know, like Joss Whedon was not very shy about kind of saying like, hey, Age of Ultron wasn't the greatest movie because I was specifically told I have to hit this point and introduce this character and I got to get there. And Fantastic Four was a bad movie as well. But you can absolutely tell that that Trank was like fighting off the studio at the entire time. And like they were trying to do this, trying to do that. And then they kind of took over the movie. So you honestly wonder what like one of the first drafts of this movie was versus the final version where Warner Brothers executives are saying, no, 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 you got to put Mm-hmm. Flash, and you got to show yeah. Aquaman. We got Jason Momoa cast. You got to put him in this movie, and it's like you wonder if someone's sitting there going, "No, that's a bad idea." But he, right. you know, Zack Snyder's not the one writing the check, so yeah, I we'll think, see. We'll see how that works with Marvel, though, because didn't they get the rights to Spider Man like in the middle of shooting Civil War? So we'll see right. how they they work Spider Man yeah. into that organically. That's going to be interesting to see. But go ahead, Brian. Sorry, I I think that DC is just. I don't want to keep bringing up uh, basketball references, but that's the only other thing that I know how to talk about besides movies. So um, I think that DC is just they're, – they're like the Lakers right now. It's They've got a horrible head coach in Zack Snyder, but they also have an idiot behind the scenes running everything in, 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 uh, with Jerry. But the, the execs – it's like this, this perfect storm of bad decision-making coming together to form a franchise that – I mean, even if you even if you're a big fan of the movie, if you're a big fan of this franchise, like you have to acknowledge there's a lot of issues taking place here. There's a lot of crap that's getting on screen that doesn't need to be on screen. And they're making this so much more difficult than it should be. I I think that's why, like it's very we've said before, it's easy to crap on Disney and on Marvel as a whole just because it is so it's very cookie cutter at this point. There's a formula and there's a there's a, uh, a a script that you kind of have to go off of. And, you know, a lot of, you know, Whedon and the Russo brothers are able to operate within that very well and make the movies their own. But it's yeah. still it's a Disney property. It's a Marvel property. It's a Kevin Feige property. But, yeah, OK, so that's easy to, to kind of to rail against, I guess. But the counterpoint to that is. Kevin Feige has such a a strong hand over what's going on at that studio that he doesn't let Batman v Superman happen. He doesn't let Fantastic Four happen. You know, like there's there's something to be said for I'm sure it's super difficult to work with them because as a filmmaker, you want to do your own thing and they want you to do their thing and all that sort of stuff. But 
that steady hand is what makes sure that those movies come out. And every time, you know, outside of like Thor two, they're at least good to better than good movies. And that's, there's something to be said for that. And I think, I think the case for that is Batman v Superman in, in a way. Absolutely. I think it was a mistake because what DC needs more than anything else is they need a Kevin Feige, right? Because yeah, Snyder's 100%. a director. He's a, he's a director. He's a filmmaker, right? And you can't have that guy be in charge of a universe. You right. need a producer or someone who can kind of look out 20 years from now or five years from now and say, okay, he's re- here's where these movies need to go. Yes. And then delegate and say, okay, now you go direct a good movie, right? And right. you know we'll worry Absolutely. about the end product later. So I think DC just desperately needs a Kevin Feige figure in their organization, uh-huh. and they better get one quick. Because Zack Snyder's not – he can't be that guy. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to touch on what I was – what I mentioned it earlier. time. It's too much CrossFit. <laughs> right. What I teased earlier in the fact the betrayal of the character, um, I think it's an interesting uh, maybe note, the fact that they used the same first name for the mothers of both the characters. And that was kind of a weird moment between them. Like I can understand yeah. Batman's like motivation if somebody brought up his parents because that's – the only motivation he's ever had or that's why he turned to Batman is because of the murder of his parents. But, um, the, to use that against Superman didn't work for me because there's a scene in man of steel where he just watches his dad die and doesn't do anything. But now we're expected to believe in this movie, he's going to go scorched earth. If somebody touches his mom, you know, (laughs) like that's what, it was such a betrayal of the greater good that Superman was, was preaching in the first uh, in the first movie. Yeah. I just didn't like I that also, at all. I, I think too, and I, this is maybe I'm going to tie two points together here. And we, again, we are in super spoiler territories. So I'm going to straight up talk about the third act of. Yes, it's really it's a very lazy way of writing it of to have the uh, two things like Superman goes off to take on Batman because Lex Luthor has his mom tied up in a basement somewhere. Um, like Superman couldn't just fly around really fast and figure that out where she's hidden, just uses super hearing <laughs> right. or something. I mean, it's not because I, I, I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility for him. And once, once Batman and Superman kind of put differences aside and become buddies, Batman figures out where she is in about two and a half seconds. So Superman couldn't have done that. That's, that's <laughs> so ridiculous. And and to get Brains to over brawn, brah. <laughs> I mean, literally, like Batman doesn't even do it. It's Alfred who's just drunk at home in the in the <laughs> Batcave, and he's like, "Yeah, she's right here." You know, I mean, that's it's. Come on, he couldn't have figured that out. And and to get to that point, we have this confrontation, which of course we know that's what the movie's heading towards. I do think it's kind of a cop out that Batman v Superman translates to a two and a half minute fight. I think that's kind of ridiculous. I and I'm not super fight scene guy like i don't necessarily need an hour of them just beating the tar out of each other but it did seem like a little bit of a cop-out and then the entire thing ends because their parent their moms have the same name is that right really legitimately like that's the entire these two super colossal beings are literally beating each other's face into concrete trying to kill each other and then it's like, hey, by the way, my mom's name is Martha. Wait, me too. Oh my gosh. And then they're just BFFs. It just, it's, I just, I, I could not believe. And I get what he's trying to do. Cause it, in that moment, I think you're supposed to think like, well, Batman sees Superman as a, as a human, not as an alien. And yeah. he understands the, the similar, but it doesn't, it doesn't 
work. There has to be more than just our parents share the same name. Just like there has to be more for Lex Luthor to go after, to put this whole plan into motion than uh, his dad beat him or he wants power. I mean, it just doesn't, there's no, somebody in the process. Let's just say hypothetically that um, his mom, you know, Superman's name was Kelly. Then they just keep hating each other? Yeah, just, yep. Sorry, it stinks that your mom's name is Mary and mine's Martha. Stab you in the face with Kryptonite. Like, it's, yeah. it's just, I could not, I literally laughed out loud of, I just, I can't believe that the entire turning point for not just this film, but the entire franchise to come is based on their moms have the same name. That is just, yeah. that's an unbelievable way to, to, Tie that that storyline up. I want something that would yeah. happen in an Amy Poehler Tina Fey movie. Not that <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> yeah. Let's touch on the third act while we're here. Um, again, spoiler, spoilers, triple, quadruple spoilers. Come on. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there goes the flare. Um, the death of Superman. To bring that is is it an interesting choice to bring that plot line into this? Didn't see that coming really. But the biggest disappointment in it all is that it's not Batman and Superman that we get the death I, the death of Superman. Does that mean you know what I mean? It, it ends up becoming the giant monster, you know, General Zod, uh, Godzilla that kills him or whatever. I just thought that that was you. If you're gonna if you're gonna do if you're gonna do the Batman super like why can't Batman kill him at the end and. People can leave That's this. an homage to the comics, right? Shane, are you, oh, you're, it is. Are you a it comic? totally is. Yeah. But the death oh, yeah, of Superman, you can rewrite the, the death of Batman. Superman to where Batman killed, like, at the end, and then so people are leaving this movie, like, yep, Batman won. You yeah. know, it's, Batman it's fanboys weird. are going nuts, like, and he still dies at the end. I mean, right. I just don't know why you had that opportunity, it, yeah. but you were like, oh, sorry. They don't really fight in this movie. It's actually him fighting yeah. a giant dinosaur at the end, and that's, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it is very odd. Because I like Watchmen is an interesting movie, and I think the main problem with with one of the main problems with Watchmen is that uh, Snyder is too beholden to the 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 source material, right? He's just trying too hard to adapt almost page for page in a lot of ways, and it's weird that Batman be super Batman and Superman. He's gone a, completely against the grain. Like one of the big parts of Man of Steel is that he kills Zod. Like that's and that was a huge shift in the character and a lot of people didn't care for that so it's weird that he's so hardcore about like we're just gonna change things and it's no big deal but then that thing had to be the exact same like the it had to be the cover of the comic from when doomsday killed uh superman it's it's an odd choice yeah i agree with you i absolutely i just think you could have taken a risk there and that would have been like you know what that's just the way this that's the new story you know that that would have played a lot more for the motivation, and especially at the right. end. I just can't believe after a two-and-a-half-hour movie, you end on a coffin. At the, I just It was such a downbeat, yeah. and I really thought at the end when the, the camera you know sort of lowers down into the grave and we see the dirt on the grave and it starts shaking, I honestly thought Superman was going to bust out of the, the coffin I did too. and like yeah. start you – know, hypersonic into space and it was going to end on this huge triumphant like you know i i guess a uh, moment at the end and everyone would be like yeah you know and ju- boom next is justice league and everyone's stoked and like man superman's back now it's going to be justice league instead it ends on this like ugh, 
You know, everyone's just kind of, and the credits come up yeah. and everyone's like, doesn't know whether to clap or like, okay, right. I guess he's yeah. dead or not. I don't, you know, it just, it's such a yeah. missed opportunity. You, you could have just had this huge moment at the end. And I know that maybe that would have betrayed the comics. I'm sorry. Shane can maybe attest to that more, but I just didn't yeah, like the ending so- at all. So in the comics, um, so in the comics, Doomsday is actually from a different planet. But but regardless, uh, he kills Superman. And then the actual the storyline of the, the comics now is referred to the death and return of Superman. And it's actually it's interesting. It's one of the most important comics ever written, because right. up until that comic was written, seriously, when a comic book character died, they were legitimately dead. They don't come back. And once that that comic happened and they killed off Superman, within 12 months, they brought him back. And the, the reason was the most ridiculous. It was like he wasn't actually dead. He was in this like deep like Kryptonian healing sleep process or whatever. Yeah. And when he came back, ever since that comic happened where they killed off Superman, but just kidding, not really. I remember he had a different suit. I remember that comic as a kid. Yeah, he had a different suit and everything. And ever since that happened where they they brought him back – it cheapened death in the comics to literally nothing. And now almost right. every one of your favorite comic book characters has died and then come back for the most ridiculous reasons. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was going to happen, but I was, I giggled a little bit when, when at the very end, the dirt starts like floating or shaking right. or whatever. Cause right. I thought, man, at least we could just leave him dead for a movie, right? And right. bring him yeah. back in the justice yeah. league. So I, there's no way that he's not coming back, but I was a little thrown off. They're like, man, they're, they're not even going to just let that hang in the air until justice right. league. And right. they just, yeah. you know, <laughs> they're bringing him back like right now. Yeah. It's I actually thought we were going to head into like another 30 minutes of them fighting just right after that. He was just going to burst out of the coffin and go right back to the fight. Yeah. <laughs> Keep the movie dragging on longer. I thought a little well, bit. The other thing yeah. too is at least like I am I am absolutely floored that there was not like a post credits like stinger. Yeah. Cuz oh. I feel like those are the most enjoyable parts of like some Marvel movies and I feel like like that's a com- complete missed opportunity. I totally. think like yeah. put that at the end then put the thing with the dirt floating at the end just yeah. you know but I don't know I was a little bit disappointed that there was not a, a zinger or whatever at the end. What yeah, was the, the point of the week, Mad Max scene? Goes, say what sorry. I said Shane what was the point of the Mad Max scene in this? <laughs> Which scene now? The Mad Mad Max Fury Road yes, where it just turns exact same thought, and yeah. Batman's wearing like a trench yeah. coat. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah, oh yeah 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 the night they call him nightmare but I don't really know. I mean like I think that Batman is like having visions, I guess. But like, I mean, so the, the there's the shot in the uh, in the the movie where it's like at the very beginning where he's kind of looking over the city. That massive um, ar- the arch symbol that's carved into the dirt. That's the symbol for Dark Side or Dark Seed, just depending on how you say it. Yeah. But Dark Side is like the Thanos of the DC universe. So when at the end of the movie, when Jesse Eisenberg's talking about like a bigger threat coming and the bell's already been rung or whatever. That's who he's talking about is Darkseid coming and, you know, the Justice League's going to have to form to take him on. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like the the nightmare sequences were just kind of – I don't know. They were they were visually – they were awesome. But it's again, yeah. it's just like when you have a two-and-a-half-hour movie, you really – every minute counts. And it's like what are we trying to get out of this – what are yeah. we trying to get out of this scene, right, essentially? And I just – I'm not 100 percent sure it was clear um, yeah. what we – you know what though that was kind of i don't know let me ask what you guys thought about this um even before the or maybe it was right directly after that scene where it's he's still dreaming but he's like asleep in the in the bat cave and then i I, who i assume is the flash right comes in and kind of says something about lois lane being the key or whatever that kind of felt like okay we're really trying to set something up here 
Yeah, yeah. and they show the man bat for like two seconds. Did you see that? Yeah. And he like scares talking- him awake. Bruce Wayne. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's what reminded me of the animated show was the man bat. Yeah. Maybe we'll get right. a, an explanation of that later. But I think that's there's a lot of stuff that I didn't care for in this movie. That was the worst scene of the whole thing. Like that was the scene that that sent me to from a a visual standpoint, from a narrative standpoint, from a really we're gonna stop down to do this right now standpoint. I was comp- I went a hundred percent out at that point. If whatever part of me was trying to cling to I'm kind of enjoying Batfleck and all this stuff that I, I, I could not I could not wrap my head around the dream sequence. Or? Yes, the decision to to do that vision sequence at that point because A, it looks terrible. B, it's super vague. And C, I think it just it, it further illustrates the point of they are just trying so hard to be the dark, gritty Marvel that they will it's like that was done at the expense of this movie to maybe hopefully set up something to come in the in the movies rather than rather than build from from the ground floor there it's like they're they're trying to to build from the ceiling instead you know like it just doesn't oh it doesn't work and i i thought it it was so confusing i've i really felt like you could feel my entire theater scratching their heads in that moment of like what I, what the heck just happened i don't i don't get it and it and it it looked it looked terrible and it those FX shots are tough and it's always difficult to get the rendering right. And, and it, you know, in a sequence like that, it could very easily just be that we're not going to take the time to really finish this out because we've got all this other stuff to put. And that's fine. I thought it looked visually, it looked awful. Um, and then, then the flash shows up and he, he looks really weird too. And it's confusing on who that is. And it's just, I just can't believe that we took the time to that we that we wasted four minutes on that when we're getting zero development on the actual plot or the 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 battle between these guys or the characters or anything else. Like why? What what purpose did that serve beyond trying to set up ten more films that maybe are just going to be as bad as this one is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it was just it was too much screen time devoted to setting up. Right. I mean, because remember, when you think about like the first Iron Man, really, the only setup you get is just that little piece at the end of like, hey, we're starting a thing called the Avengers Initiative. That's all you really need to. That's all you need to just kind of say, like, hey, bigger and better stuff is coming. But absolutely to spend. Yeah. Four or five minutes. Um, you know, on setup for a future movie, it, it definitely again, that's just leading to the whole like it's going to feel overstuffed because that scene doesn't really have like a place in it. You know, it might pay off in the second Justice League, but we got to wait five years for that or whatever. Right. right? Very true. Yeah, yeah. I disagree. I, Brian, I think the worst scene was the courtroom stuff and like the cup of urine. Like, what are they even? <laughs> what? That was like this big climax in the movie as if that had to. And everything came together when she realized it was urine yeah. in the cup. Like, I don't know. What? Yeah. I, I was about? frustrated by that sequence, and I may have already said it, but because I don't think that's a bad scene. I think it's it was actually kind of cool to have him in that setting and like have Superman realize what was happening, but too late, and you know the explosion taking place around him. I actually thought that was a a, a well shot scene, at least, or a, a well designed scene. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to the plot. It is meaningless to these two heroes fighting against each other and what comes out of it. It doesn't serve any purpose. 
Right. Did you? I've seen the movie twice now, and I, it's a little bit vague. Did you guys feel like Scoot McNary's character, whatever the character's name was, do you feel like he knew that that wheelchair was about to blow up, or do you think he had no clue? I, I literally, I second time I watched it, I was reading his face. Yeah. And it's like this blank emotion. I'm like, I don't know if like Lex Luthor just set right. him up, or this guy really knows he's like a kamikaze pilot. I thought that he. I thought that he knew when it first happened, but then later when Luther's doing his big monologue, he talked about how he wrote the notes to Bruce Wayne. And so it made me think maybe he didn't know what was, I, I don't know. It was vague. It was vague for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to know that I'm not the only person that was kind of a no, little no. like, did he or did he not? You know, <laughs> we haven't touched yeah. on the script much. I thought the script was really bad. I just felt like he was trying way too hard to be Shakespearean. In ways, it felt like every line was trying to be triumphant, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. And you know, I just think with a rewrite and just a more realistic approach to the dialogue and everything, it would have been a lot better. But it just felt like they were going for something way more complicated and way more uh, complex language-wise than was required mm-hmm. to tell this story, if that makes sense. You yeah. know, what's interesting for me is like I, I – feel like i kind of harp on the dialogue in in uh, comic book or or blockbustery movies pretty harshly like that's something that always jumps out to me is bad dialogue and this is an interesting one because i didn't feel like as a whole the dialogue was as bad as maybe i I kind of expect it to be honestly but all of the what was the line that brought you to shake hands with your new best friend (laughs) i'll tell you all the like the tagline uh quotes the, the like the punch quotes were awful and i think that's what makes the whole yes all the one-liners the do you bleed you're going to you know you will or whatever is terrible the bit of him saying like your parents taught you to have hope my like i didn't understand that made zero sense just in general i couldn't i was blown away by like really like that's just a really not just a bad line but it doesn't make any sense and that should be a one that you come out quoting or you remember and that stands up with the you know, as a stands out as a as a big moment. And I thought all those punch moments were were really bad. And it kind of dragged the rest of the rest of the dialogue down. Uh, the thing that killed me was <laughs> was when there it, I think it was Anderson Cooper is doing news coverage of uh, of Doomsday destroying downtown. And it was the <laughs> the little throwaway line of fortunately business closed earlier today. So almost no one is in downtown. <laughs> Like, don't worry, no one's dying here. And I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, that's the lesson that Zack Snyder took from the destruction porn commentary after Man of Steel. We're still going to open with that and spend 20 minutes delving right back into that gutter. But when this huge thing is destroying the the uh, the entire city, don't worry. Everybody already made it home. No one's, yeah. no one's staying in downtown Metropolis after 6 p.m. You know, it's just... <laughs> I yeah. just could not. And there was another one about two minutes later, like somebody else on the TVs or no, when the, when doomsday lands, the, the general, you know, they're like, where did he land? It's on this Island. Oh, that's uninhabited. So no one will die there. It's just, come on guys. Like, yeah, I don't care about the destruction porn thing. Like that's not something that come ever, on, I, man. that really was, doing out this, man? <laughs> I always felt like that was a fairly uncritic, unfair criticism. But if you're like, just either embrace it or go away from it, but don't, don't throw in these little throwaway lines to try to explain away all the carnage that's happening in this in the city. I, yeah. I just could not 
Brian, you took the words right out of my mouth, man. That's yeah. Snyder had the the only option he had at that point was just just double down on yes, the destruction, man. Yes. But don't don't oh, yeah. Gosh. Those those I'm with you. Those lines kind of made me be like, oh, right. right. He just destroyed that building. Don't worry, no one's there. All that <laughs> stuff is falling down on the bars that they're all hanging out in now after work. But it's fine. Don't worry. Just don't worry about it. Just <laughs> look the other way. It's just so dumb. Yeah, and there's a scene at the beginning. Uh, scene Bruce Wayne calls his office and says, I need everyone out of the building now. And right. the, he says like, that like while they they're, wa- that while they're yes. watching the, the city get destroyed, as if they say, Maybe we should get out of here, guys, yeah. while they're yeah, watching right. a we ship. Good, like, we've got a good view of it. Yeah. I mean, this is a cool spot to be. Right? Oh, oh, we, no. should, we should leave. Oh, okay. My bad. To be fair, though, I will say that that moment was almost repeated in Man of Steel, too, where, where Perry White yeah. and all the people are in the Daily yes. Planet. And it's like two thirds of the way through the battle until Perry White says, Hey, we should probably leave the building. Yeah. So, totally. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes so sense. That, yeah, so who knows? I, yeah, but I, th- I thought the same thing. I was like, didn't they kind of do that in Man of Steel? Yeah. yeah. We <laughs> yeah. have a comment yeah. from a listener, Dan Newman, who was actually on set during this whole process and was sending us videos from the set of Batman v Superman. Right. And he was kind of our correspondent out there and would report back <laughs> on what he saw. I think he actually leaked some of the first pictures of the Batmobile and stuff onto YouTube and stuff. So he's been following this big time. And I asked his thoughts on uh, on the movie because I wanted I wanted to get some of his thoughts because he's been following this as well. He said, uh, "Cavill made me hate Superman. He wasn't likable and just not a deep enough character or actor to have the movie revolve around him. He was stone cold flat, no emotional connection. He seemed bored the entire movie. What are our thoughts on Superman? Has he progressed at all? I I liked him less than I did in Man of Steel in this movie. <laughs> I I you know, dude I disagree with that completely." <laughs> Um, go ahead, go ahead Brian. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I, I want to hear what your thoughts because I'm, I'm cl- probably a little closer to the other side than you. So I want to hear what you, what you think. I just feel. I mean, like I said, I, like I kind of hit on earlier. Like I love the idea of like this guy is. I mean, literally, he is a he is a walking god among men, and I think that he's he's constantly struggling to find his place on this planet. And so I, I disagree. I think Cavill's a great Superman. I think he was a good actor. Um, and I, I really bought into Superman. I liked Superman more in this movie than I think I did in Man of Steel because it, you know, because it's a continuation, right? But I think his kind of internal struggle of like, do I belong here? Am I doing more harm than I'm doing good? I mean, that that to me was captivating. Like, I think mm-hmm. strip a lot of the other stuff away. That sh- that theme should have been way more expanded. Um, and I think yeah. I don't know. Maybe if you think he's a little bit aloof, I think it's just because it's you know he's he's not he doesn't really ever feel like he fits in. And it's, you know, I mean, Superman has always absolutely been kind of a Christ metaphor. Right. They've always kind of written him that way to the point where I don't know if you guys, I mean, the, 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 the symbolism is very heavy in Man of Steel. But actually, if you go back, if you guys go back and rewatch this movie, when Superman dies and Batman kind of lifts him up and hands him back down to Wonder Woman, if you look in the destruction, there are very clearly two like telephone poles that have been like knocked over and yeah. crossed sideways. Yeah. And there are two crosses in the background. Right. Yeah. So maybe a little bit heavy handed, but I don't know. I, I really enjoyed Cavill. I think for me, I like him because for the first time in a movie ever, Superman's been relevant. And I think that's why I, I like it. Yeah, I'm I'm somewhere in between. Like, I think that I think that Henry Cavill or, or Cavill, I think he's a I don't think he's a particularly good actor, but I also don't think he's a bad actor. And so he he's kind of like right down the middle for me on that scale. He looks the part. So that helps. I think that you could get away – I think you could make a very good Superman movie with him as your Superman 
And I like the I, I enjoyed the, the the Superman parts of this movie, the way like you were saying, Shane, the the trial and the, the kind of the discussion of, of what he should his role should be and all that stuff. I thought that was that was interesting. I like they were trying to make him relevant. I just don't I think the movie is just so poorly done uh, that he there were times when like he sticks out in a bad way. And I don't think it was his fault. Does that make sense? Like, I don't think it was yeah, it was it was Cavill. I just think it's the the movie as a whole pushing him in a direction that and Snyder it's the same with Eisenberg like that performance is is fine I guess but he's just being pushed to do something that is really aggravating and not good and I, and I think it's very similar with him I, I just think I think if you gave uh, I think if Christopher Nolan made the made Man of Steel and had Henry Cable it, it would be good it'd be fine maybe even very good and I think you could I think he's not the problem I I would I think there are probably better people that could play the role, but I don't think that he's he's going to be the. I don't think he's the reason why these movies are are not so good. I think is is what I would say. I agree, Richard. What did, what did you think, Richard? Um, of Cable. Yeah. Um, he, look, he definitely looks the part, which is which, and with Superman, a lot of times, quite frankly, is fifty percent of it. Um, you know, I think. He's not a ter- he's not a very jiltingly bad actor to me, but he's right. not gonna he to me, um, he does lack a certain maybe maybe my criticism honestly with Superman as just a character more than more than Cable he he lacks his, lacks a certain charisma and certain they've never been able to get the stakes right to where you're really really rooting for him and. Part of that's the actor. Part of that's just the the circumstance in which he finds himself in. But it's hard to. Part of what Dan was saying, I think, is that he, you know, he, you can't. Uh, he Superman's really hard to be your protagonist because you can't. Right. You can't put yourself in those shoes. And so it's interesting to you know that's why Batman's always been such a more successful character in terms of uh, outside of the, outside of comics mm-hmm. because I think people can you know it's the reason Steph Curry is more popular than LeBron because you could you know, I could be Steph Curry if I just go in my driveway and shoot six thousand times a day. <laughs> right. I'm never gonna be <laughs> six eight and be able to jump from half court and dunk right. So um, it's 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 the Batman v Superman. That's really Batman v Superman is is, yes. is that battle. Um, but I think, um, I think he's totally passable, but he's never going to be able to, he, he's never going to be able to carry a movie. Totally. And so he really, he leans on Affleck here a lot and, and you know, that's where any criticism towards him could be. It's right there. Cause he just doesn't have it to, to lead it. And you know, it's, it's fitting that the best parts of man of steel are the Russell Crowe parts. Cause that guy can lead a movie. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter. 
ZipRecruiter.com slash Matt. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Matt. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and, then, and then other than that, it, it starts to kind of meander, even though he's, he's very good in the role, you know, when you look at just the stats of it. Right. Yeah, I'm excited to see where they go, and maybe they can bring back Jor-El in some kind of flashback. I would. <laughs> People seem to like him. But I want to get to a comment from uh, Ben Jones, who sent his thoughts in on the, on the, uh, on the movie. And he says he don't, doesn't know what to expect from our review because this movie wasn't even fun, ridiculous bad. It was somber, depressing bad. And there's, I think there's a very yep. different thing. It's bad for the wrong reasons, if that makes sense. Uh, it's not bad because it's cheesy or you know, like too comic booky or something like that. It's bad because it just makes you depressed. I don't know if that's the right word, yeah. but it just it, uplifts frustrated. you. Yeah. Frustrated. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, it could have ended on that crescendo at the end with Superman and maybe would have had a little bit better feeling exiting rather than literally a coffin, like as, as depressing as you can get. And, uh, you know, we'll see, man, gosh, I just, I had so much more faith in Snyder. That's so much, that's so disappointing <laughs> for me to say, and I, I'll admit it, but you know, I, I, I think he has a good movie, a great movie in him someday. Uh, maybe he'll, he'll do a independent movie or something sometime, but <laughs> It's not anytime soon, and it's just no. – I just not, can't Not believe. a fan of Sucker Punch? <laughs> I do. I, I've defended Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch is a better movie than this, I think, honestly. And it's, <laughs> it, it's just crazy that Warner Brothers has tied their – hitched their train to yep. Zack Snyder yep. for the next 10 years with this. It's just – there's no turning back. There's none. Yep. That's the main problem with this whole thing is, is the Snyder of it all because it just <sighs> – I kind of I don't blame them for like I don't get I don't blame them at all for giving the, him Man of Steel right because you're coming off of 300 was a huge movie in 2006 it just happens that it it didn't look good by like 2007 let alone 2016 you know and <laughs> Watchmen was a really I, I said in my review or my uh, my little blog this week like I give him a lot of credit for Watchmen he tried hard on that one and it just I think that that graphic novel is unfilmable so like i can see them handing a movie to him and and then just saying you know what the reception wasn't that great on this it really didn't make the kind of money that we expected we're just going to go in a different direction thanks for your help but instead he's he's the guy that gets to to lead the charge for the next double down on him yeah they doubled down hard and it it's like, you know, the old adage with uh, in the NFL was like, if you drafted a quarterback in the first round and you missed, if he was a bad player, it set your franchise back by at least five years. And that's kind of where they're at with this is you're you're asking, you're going to continue to hand off. And look, this movie made a lot of money. So if that's all you care about, it's going to make a ton of money. It opened with like the fifth biggest opening of all time. I'm interested to see what week two and week five and week eight are like, because that maybe could have some impact on on the future here. But let's say it does make a billion dollars worldwide, which is certainly, I think, a, a pretty decent bet. If they're going to continue to hand these movies over to him, it's going to continue to be more of the same. Don't you think? Like, I don't think I think if Zack Snyder is capable of making a great movie, it's not going to come in this universe because no. like, I feel like it would require almost a humbling of like, dude, you can't, you suck at this. Like go do something else, like learn how to make a good movie and then come back to us. But as long as he's, 
continuing to do this, I think we're going to get more of the same. And my major concern is because he is leading the charge. It's not just the Justice League and the Justice League Part 2 and Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. It's what kind of influence is he having on Aquaman and The Flash and Wonder Woman and you know, I think we yeah. I think Suicide Squad is the one that's going to come out of this relatively unsnidered because David Ayer has a really a really strong personality. I don't think he's going to get maybe bullied the way some of these other people are, but he's handpicking everything that goes into this entire universe and it's he's not good at it. He's just not good at at this at this role and I I'm very concerned about even what the bat the Batman Affleck movie is going to look like because of his influence. And I, I, that's a, that has to be in the Warner brothers executives minds. That has to be a major player. Like, I don't know what they can do to fix it because they are so far in at this point, but I've said before, the best thing that could have happened to the entire Batman universe is for this movie to be sub 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's sitting right at 30% right now. But for the audience score to drop into the the 60s or the 50s and for it to make less than a billion dollars, you know, like to be like there's no way it was ever going to be a flop financially. But for it to be not the, the sort of huge haul that Avengers brought in, you know, or something like that yeah. so that they would have to reconsider their their whole course of action. And I, I don't know if that's going to happen. And I'm bummed about that because I don't want 10 more years of this vision taking over characters that i really like and movies that i really love you know yeah i i agree and it's it's because the studio will say to the haters well we're going with snyder this movie made 200 million dollars the opening weekend well just by sheer concept alone you know 90 percent of the people that go see this don't care or even know who Zack Snyder is, you know, like you can't say that he's the reason that this made $200 million and that, you know, some Mm -hmm. people, Mm -hmm. apparently people like it, you know, like, because they're going to see it to see if they like it, you know, in the opening weekend. Uh, Yeah. Man of, man of steel only made $668 million. And I know that that's a ridiculous number to say like, well, it only made this much, but you got to compare that to what Marvel's doing. You really do. Like, I think they so badly want to be Marvel, but also don't want to be compared. Age of Ultron, which was one of their lesser movies in a lot of ways, that made 1.4 billion. Like, that's a that's a huge discrepancy. And uh, man, I wish that that would. I I hope that that is playing a part in what's what's going on at, at on the scene right now. Right? Like, yeah, I hope that they're Ant- saying Ant- can't do this. Five hundred and nineteen yeah. million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, like a, about a DT Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Think, think about the properties of, of Superman versus Ant-Man. Right. And you're getting right. within 80% of what Superman's making. That's yeah, great. on half the budget. Too. On half the budget, yeah. 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 That's, I think that's part of the problem, too, is that the budget – I mean the budgets for these movies need to be slashed like dramatically. And the reason yeah. for that is because – I mean I mean, you guys do this podcast and you're, you guys are experts. You absolutely know. Like when you make a movie, right, so the budget of the movie, like say it's $100 million, then you've got another fifty million for publicity and advertising. Right, right. When you sell tickets at the box office, those tickets get split fifty-fifty. So bare minimum, you got to make three hundred million just mm-hmm. to see some black. And right. even then, you got to make another twenty-five percent before anybody's really going to call that a success. So you're looking right. at making four hundred fifty, four hundred seventy-five million dollars on a hundred million-dollar budget movie. That's insane. 
Cut it down, cut the budget down to fifty million dollars, yeah. like Deadpool, right? Because you can do some cool effects with yeah. Deadpool or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that yeah. way you get the filmmakers get a little bit more creative freedom and the stakes aren't so high where it's like people right. are panicking, you know, yeah. if, if these movies like fall apart or whatever, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because it feels the budget like for this movie was so high that if it if it didn't do, you know, gangbuster numbers, that that Warner Brothers is going to collapse as a studio. It just feels like that's <laughs> yes, how much yeah. is riding on this movie, and no movie should ever have that high of stakes, right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The I, budget here is two hundred and fifty million dollars. Wow. By the way, I'm so it's I'm gonna make, so actually make seven fifty to like make money at least. Yeah, at yeah. least, and then yeah. it's going to have to crack a billion for anybody to consider it right. a true bona fide success, wow. right? Right. Yeah. And you know, this is a this is kind of a tangent, but. Part of what makes – we've talked about this before when we talk about Star Wars. One of the reasons why the Star Wars deal was such a great deal was the merchandising. And yeah. Batman sells a ton of merchandise. So does Superman. But as somebody who deals in like the toy sort of stuff that goes, that goes along with these movies, it's not nearly the same kind of property that Star Wars was or that Marvel is, honestly, whenever Marvel puts out a movie. Like I don't, I don't know what the numbers would be, but I would bet – that at least in that realm, it's pulling in 50% of what a Marvel movie uh-huh. does, let alone – I mean, Star Wars is otherworldly, but it's it's different. Literally. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. Yeah. Got him. Yeah, do that. <laughs> that's what you come here for, guys. What I'm actually really – and we don't talk about it a lot. I'm actually really excited about the X-Men franchise. Like, that's the number... That could be the best superhero franchise out there as far as enjoyability and interesting characters and, like, looking ahead for films and seeing that it could be something really fun. Like, I'm sort of starting to get burnt out on the Avengers. I don't know about y'all. I think Marvel realizes that people are and they're sort of starting to transition us to Spider-Man and Ant-Man and Guardians of the Galaxy. But, I mean, I'm already all out on the DC stuff after one movie. Like I really, like I'll see it, you know, but I'm not, right. I'm only actively kind of excited to see what wonder woman will be because we've never had wonder woman before. I just feel like right. the other ones are just going to be hard to, hard to watch. And especially mm-hmm. justice league. And that's going to be come out soon, but you're right. Suicide squad has some potential and I don't know what the release date says about it because it's in August. I think, Typically, yeah. not a great well, time to release a movie, yeah. but and it's it's not going to make it's not going to make money. It's not going to make ridiculous money because of I know content. Deadpool kind of broke the mold on on R rated uh, films like this, but that but Deadpool is a very it's an accessible movie just because it is it's so fun and and entertaining. I think there's a lot of people that are going to watch the trailer for Suicide Squad and say I don't have a blinking clue what's going on there and it looks so hot topicy. I don't know that I'm gonna see that and I, I think that's <laughs> so yes yeah, like that's the one that's probably has the best chance of being a creative success but I, I also think the expectation for that has to be so much lower on a, on a box office and isn't level. the budget way higher than, than Deadpool's I'm sure, sure it has is. to be. Yeah, I'm sure it has Kent, to it's, be. Kent, it's interesting that you mentioned X-Men because I feel like I'm starting to get burnt out on that a little bit, if for nothing else, but because it's like, who's directing the next one? Oh, Brian Singer. Again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, I, he, can, he can we get some fresh blood? I, yeah, I think he redeemed himself with, with Days of Future Past, though. I mean, I was I was all out on him. I didn't like Superman Returns. I was I was done with him after you know the first X-Men trilogy. And thank what God about Brett, the Jack and the Beanstalk? Thank movie. God Brett Ratner. I mean, but... <laughs> I just I love the characters. I love 
Fassbender as Magneto. I love James McAvoy. I love Jennifer Lawrence. Nick Holt even does good work, and that I just, I, I just think that they've done it right as far as building it organically and kind of letting the characters build themselves. It didn't feel forced at all. I mean, it just maybe yeah. Matthew Vaughn set it up great uh, with First Class, but I mean, it's just and it's going in a, the right direction. And this is going in the wrong direction, I, I think. We'll see with Apocalypse. Sure. But I thought I thought uh, you know the Peter Dinklage stuff in the last one was good, and the fact that he was a mutant, but he hated mutants and all that. It, it was it was more than I expected it to be, and the fact that they could work in Patrick Stewart again was was cool as well. And I, I it's well thought out, and they're, they're taking their time with it. I just don't feel like they took their time with this. We saw with yeah. Star Wars what you can do if you take your time making a movie. You you take yeah. as much time as it possibly need to write a script. If you have to delay the movie by a year to get the script right, right you should do that. They, yeah, they have right. nothing to lose. They're only going to make more money if it's a better movie. I don't understand why yes. they don't. DC is do doing that. a bad job of hiding the fact that they're really trying to play catch up here. Yes, 100% agree. Yep. Yep. And that I don't think you have to look any further than the fact that they slated this against uh, Captain America to begin with. Like, oh, we're just going to bow up against Marvel and force him to leave. And Marvel was like, Gosh, oh, we don't have. care. Like, do whatever you want, you know? This That's movie just... would have made $75 million if it had gone against Civil War <laughs> yeah. the same weekend. Yeah, yeah. That would have been tough. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to grades, guys? Any other well, big thoughts? Before we do, I wanted yeah. to ask, because they're, so they're doing that R-rated version, right? But And I don't really care about the rating. I think the R-rating thing is a little bit... That's a whole nother thing. But they're apparently they're adding about 30 extra minutes into the movie. And I, like I said, it's overstuffed. And I but I'm curious to see if adding about 30 minutes might let some of these plots kind of breathe a little bit more. Would you be curious to see a different version of this movie that has more? Or are you kind of just you're like, I'm out. I will watch the the director's cut one time just to kind of get a feel for what that looks like. But sure. I would be. I would be decidedly more interested if they added 30 minutes of uh, development and cut out another 30 minutes from this movie. You know what I mean? Like, just <laughs> yeah, yeah. find a way to somebody can maybe somebody can super cut it into uh, like an, a 90 minute coherent movie. And yep. I would p- perhaps enjoy that. But, certain yeah, that I'll happen. watch it one time because I, I am interested to see there's a you know, you you'd probably know better than I do, Shane, but there's. Typically, the director's cut of a movie is worse. Like, there's a reason why this stuff hit the the cutting room floor, right? But there there are exceptions to that. And sure, sure. Uh, what was the one that was so good? The uh, Orlando Bloom. Yeah, Kingdom uh, of Heaven. Kingdom, Kingdom of, of Heaven, Heaven director's cut <laughs> is so awesome. Yeah, so much better than the uh, the regular cut. But there's yeah. always exceptions to the rule. I mean, the, like yeah, the totally. director's cut or like the final cut for Blade Runner is a thousand and yeah. a half times better than the theatrical version right. of that movie, True. right? But yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. I mean, I think the director's cuts are usually just over. There's just more stuff. They're just you know right. they're usually overindulgent. Right. Yeah. Okay. So grades. Um, this was pretty bad it just was an assault on my senses and vision more than anything it's just this total lack of cinematic technique and it just it offended me on that level alone like with other than that but other than that you liked it (laughs) with with somebody that knew what they were doing or or somebody that could shoot a scene without making me nauseous literally um i i would be a lot higher on this because the themes and the the sort of story uh, of the characters, the way they're doing the, you know, is Superman a God and the way that uh, Bruce Wayne is trying to defend his city or his people. I, I like all that stuff. And I like Wonder Woman. And I think 
I'm, it surprised me how I, how much I liked her. I going into it, I probably would have said that's the least uh, I'm excited for, but I think that could be a cool a cool thing. Um, I just think with somebody better at the helm, this would have been a better movie. You know, fifty percent better in my mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. so you know, this gets an F for me, uh, Brian. Not F minus yeah. minus minus, but it gets an F. No, you're not going patented. No. Okay, I feel um, like that's a win though, Ken. I yeah, feel like it that's is. A win. <laughs> you're lucky, Snyder. I, I, yeah. I spared you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm 100 with you, Ken. I think, especially having talked about it to you, with you guys for the last uh, 14 and a half hours, the it's there's a lot that I like on paper about this movie, right. and then it's just so swallowed up in Snyderness, and I, I just it 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 frustrates me to no end because I just. You know, like I like I said at the outset, I really do want Batman and Superman, and if they want to fight each other, fine. I want them all to be good in movie form, and it it's very frustrating and depressing to me uh, when it is not. And this is just so far from not. And and again, as we've discussed here, I just feel like I feel like so many of the problems could be fixed easily. Like it shouldn't take uh, two hundred fifty million dollars in thousands of industry experts and re like it shouldn't be that difficult to make this a, a solid movie so uh i'm also gonna go i'm gonna go with an f and i'm i'm really sad you know sometimes i like giving a bad grade like jupiter ascending it was thoroughly enjoyable to come out and say that's one of the five worst movies i've ever seen in my life and <laughs> here's why like i i enjoyed that uh i i take no pleasure in this one like it it really it really kind of depresses me that i hated this so much uh when this is a character that i that i love and i love seeing on screen i just it's super depressing to me so f for me as well okay richard i'm gonna go i'm gonna surprise you guys because there's there's things here that are decent i'm gonna go a no (laughs) i'm gonna go d minus yeah that's fair okay shane shano I here's the thing. I really enjoyed this film, but there are obviously there are some missteps and there are definitely some things that went wrong with it. So I think overall my enjoyment of this film and the replayability of this film for me is high. But, you know, there are absolutely some flaws with this film. So I would go with a solid B for this movie. Okay. Okay. So Snyder, you got another chance. I mean, we'll we'll be here again in 2017 talking about Justice League. And, I don't know, guys. Um, I might. I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> What's the next movie to come out? Is Aquaman the next one that's coming out? Is that Wonder Woman's next year? Okay. Uh, Aquaman is 18. So Wonder Woman, I think, comes next. It's like let me look at the dates. By here. the way, it's sad that June, they, June of 2017. It's sad that the most exciting thing they're doing is the Lego Batman movie. Like that'll be a 10 <laughs> times better movie than anything. Yeah. Any Batman yeah. stuff that Snyder's going to do. I'm excited about yeah. that. That's going to be fun. So there we have it. Two hours on I the just, dot. I just looked at the con. The, the only picture on IMDb for the Flash makes me cringe. It looks so bad, <laughs> so freaking bad. Gosh. I don't know right, why sorry. they wouldn't use the actor that does him on the show because that would make sense. Like you're building yes. a universe, you know, yes. and he's good oh. and fans like him. Yeah, you know, I just don't. Yeah. We'll see. No. He could only bench press like one sixty. So. <laughs> Didn't make the cut. Oh, man, Get it? it cut. It looks like it looks like Michael Chiklis is the thing. <laughs> yes. Like yes. Oh man. So okay. Bad. Well, Shane, you are welcome back anytime, Batman yeah. or not. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. Man. This is a real treat. We're, we'll definitely have you back soon. But uh, for the listeners, where can we find you on the internet, Shane? 
Uh, you can. I'm off the grid, and I've worked very hard to keep it that way. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I don't have a Twitter, but I'm on Facebook, um, and uh, you can find me on there. And as long as you're okay with half of my status as being about Batman, uh, then feel free to friend me, and we'll, we'll chat. Okay, cool. Shane Byerly. Find him on our yes. – he's on our friends list, by the way, on our page if you want to find him that way. Uh, Brian. He yes. also has a really awesome dog that I'm super <laughs> – Yes, I love that tons dog. of pictures of him, too. Every time you post a picture of the dog, I'm like, I show my wife, I'm like, this is a better dog than ours we need to get <laughs> i've had the pleasure uh, marty was in marty's shane's dog and marty he, he is named after martin scorsese by the way oh, nice okay. sweet and he wears giant glasses too and uh, <laughs> does and a has, lot of coke does a just lot just got over yeah i was gonna say does, <laughs> had a substantial coke problem right. um but marty was in shane's wedding and it was just about the cutest thing i've ever seen was that dog in a boat <laughs> um, that's awesome awesome we're going to find I, you, you right Oh yeah, you can right. find me on the Twitter at Beagle Twelve. You can find my writing at MadAboutMoviesPodcast dot com, and uh, I do have I posted my my monthly blog, which is what it's amounted to uh, is a is a DC ranking of of all twenty one DC based uh, film adaptations that uh, that I have seen. Okay, Richard, Richard how about that was you? A, that was a great article, by the way. Thank you so Thanks, much for man. taking the time to appreciate write that. It. That was really yeah. well thought out. Thank you, I appreciate it. I disagree, but we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Richard Barden or richardbarden.com. Kent, where can I find you? Find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison and find our show hey. online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Find quick. all. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. Sorry. Go ahead. Finish that. Find all our episodes at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. And uh, you can find our most recent 100 episodes on iTunes. We just recorded our 200th episode. So I do want to. Uh, Say we did another episode this past week, so if you haven't caught that, that's about two hours of us just talking TV, which we don't get to do a lot. So I do want to uh, suggest for the listener to uh, check that out. Go ahead, Richard. Sorry. Yeah, since we've already gone two plus hours, I'm going to do real quick. I'm going (laughs) to afford our guest here a a a moment here. We're not going to do weekly recommends, but I have one weekly recommend from Shane for all of you Batman fans out there. So go ahead, Shane. So if uh, if anybody's interested, there is a great book out there that's called Billion Dollar Batman. It's written by a guy named Bruce Cavalli, and it's kind of this like history lesson of essentially how Batman went from this kind of character that was written in the 1930s and became this like 10 cent you know comic book hero to this billion dollar franchise so it kind of tracks the history of the origin of the comics and then it kind of goes into like the radio serials and the movie serials they had and then it tracks the production of like the 60s tv show and almost every batman movie kind of ever made up until the dark knight rises i don't i think the book came out right before the dark knight rises so but if you've ever been interested in the production of any batman related media this guy writes a really in-depth kind of a story about it and it's just it's a great book if you're interested in the character and like the movies and tv shows what was that what was that documentary shane that came out the batman one like last year wasn't there a documentary about batman that came out um there was i mean there was a a documentary that came out um well there's been a few i mean there was a documentary called the legends legends of the night that was directed by a guy named brett culp that was really fantastic that might be the one i'm talking about yeah there was also um, the documentary that came out last year about uh, Bat Kid, you know, the kid from San Francisco. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would only recommend that one if you're in the mood to just ugly cry. Like, that's how <laughs> touching that movie is, just sobbing hysterically. Yeah. And they did <laughs> one about pretty- the Batmobiles, too, that was pretty decent. I think that was on the Blu-ray to The Dark Knight Rises, maybe, yes. or something. Yes, it was. That was a pretty fun documentary to check out. As yeah, well. absolutely. I want to give a shout-out, uh, a birthday shout-out to a listener one of our great uh, listeners, Eddie Gonzalez. It's his birthday on March 30th. 
So thank you for being a listener, Eddie, and we really appreciate that. And happy birthday to you. And uh, until next time, we'll see you all at the cinema. Hey, baby, I hear the boys are calling tossed salad and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me yeah, yeah. The silence is